You're listening to the Spiro Avenue Show. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch our full shows and clips and highlights on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for watching, and I hope you enjoy. This is going to be a good one tonight, and we're going to get right to it. But first, quick shout out to our wonderful sponsor. I have to ask, do you like wine? I'll rephrase. Do you like really good wine? I got a little good answer for you if you're looking for a gift for the holidays. The Smuggler's Son. Virgilsvineyard.com is the place to go. Smuggler's Son is my favorite wine. A delicious Cabernet. You can't beat it. And just for the holidays, just for your uh, delectable pleasure, they have a special sparkling wine that you can get right now on their website, virgilsvineyard.com. And because you love me and you love everything we do here so much, if you use the discount code Spiro at checkout, you get a 10% discount. And this wine is already the best buy in town. It's a local Michigan company. They crush those grapes out in Napa, but the owners are from Michigan. They live here half the year. Support the local company, support your taste buds, Smuggler's Sun Wine, get their new sparkling wine. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it. And I also highly recommend you tune in for the next hour because I think it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of guests that we have been chasing here over the years. Uh, We've had an audio version of this show, a video version of this show, a different video version of this show with different stuff on the wall. And one guy that we haven't been able to pin down has been Michael Stone of 97 won the ticket, but the wait is over. Mike Stone across from me tonight in our studio live. Welcome to Mike Stone, 97 won the ticket. You've never asked. You have been asked. Really? We're already off to a disagreement in the first five oh, seconds. Wow. You, well, you, first, first of all, it's good to be here. Oh, thank you. This, this is unbelievable. This is better than some radio stations. What do you, like, what do, you do besides like this? Create this. Oh, uh, well, to well, pay for this thing. Some, this be, some people don't think I, I work at all. That okay. I, I just get yeah, I get checks from be- the family and stuff. Be- that's be- that's what I've been reliably informed. Beautiful house, amazing studio. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to tell my wife that I haven't been working this whole time and and didn't go to grad school twice over and work my ass off to make a good salary because some people think this you know fell out of the sky. Um, no, nursing home administrator, which we're crazy time right now. Yeah, uh, family business and grew up in it. Grew up around it. Managed to dodge the COVID bullet so far, knock on wood, and we're we're still rolling. I got so. my mask if you want if you need me to put it on. You know, I don't on the ticket, baby. I, I think that's a little bit of a conflict uh, to have that on there, Mike. Okay, but so, I'll, I'll take it off. If you want to no, talk I'll, through I'll, it, you can. No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't wear one yeah, when it, I when I work with Jansen. He's, of course, he's in another studio. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you're more at risk than I am, my friend. But hope yeah. everyone stays safe. We're all being responsible. I was tested for like the seventy third time this sum since the summer uh, today, and. Still clean, still rolling. So well, I had, I was supposed to be in Florida. Well, I think I would have been back. My parents, my dad's like 94, I'll be 94. My mom's in her 80s. So they, you know, we felt compelled to get tested. And we went to one of those places, you know, that had the, you know, they do both of them, the rapid and the other one at the yep. same time. Yep. One nostril, as you know, for the rapid, two for the other. So a half hour afterwards, this is like last Tuesday, they call, yeah, yeah. Your wife, your kids, they're all negative. Um, you're positive. So I quarantine for two days, and then we get the other one back, and that's negative. So basically, I, me and Matthew Stafford, false positives, haven't won a playoff game. I've used that joke so many times. It's ridiculous, but it's true. And so then my parents said, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't come down. 
Uh, we're we're going to get. So, you know, because <laughs> normally, I mean, 9 o'clock, you wouldn't get me here if I was working the next day. Oh, I know. Not I know. I'd be sleeping, but I'd be watching. Uh, yeah. By the way, put me up against an NFL game. Nobody's. Nobody's watching this. You, you got know, a Rams Patriots. I would say 5% of our audience watches this live. The okay. vast majority watches it the okay. next day because it is, okay. it is a late show. Right. And frankly, if I had my druthers, we'd be doing this at like 7 o'clock every night. But I have three kids, four right. and under. Uh, my wife has not left the house in like nine months. So the idea of like, hey, honey, I'm home from work. Yeah. You watch the three kids. That's probably not going to yeah, uh, be guess. a good idea. Yeah. For you know, I mean, COVID mm-hmm. won't get me, but my wife's wrath might in mm-hmm. that case. But alas, I'm alive because you were willing to come at nine, and it just worked out that you're on vacation. Yes. We actually bumped a guest that was going to be tonight instead because this week worked better for oh, okay. you. And, you. And it's a shock to many that you're here. I mean, yeah. By the way, yeah, we'll get to that. You want to get that out of the way? Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. Seriously, years, years. You used to just rip my ass for like <laughs> things. Some I probably deserved. Some you and, you know, the cult would sit there, oh, my God, Mount Rushmore of, you know, pizzas and things like that. What a, come on, we live in a town where our team blows, and it even blew back four, five, six, seven, what, a decade ago. Well, the- whatever, except for the Tigers, basically, as far as professional sports. You got four hours to fill. So, you you know, the, the thing about what we do is, you know, you, you think you're sitting in a sports bar. What do people do in a sports bar? And what's the Mount Rushmore of this? Well, you know, we, we did that. And because, and especially when you were ripping me, um, it was during the time with McAllister, I believe, which was not really a sports-centric show. It was about 50-50. And that's the other, people don't realize morning radio is different than what me and Wojo did in the afternoon. What Valenti does, Valenti couldn't be Valenti in the morning. I mean, he could, but because people go to work to jobs most of them can't stand. Yes. And they don't want me breaking down why the Red Wings went 0 for 23 on the power play. Well, I'm not worried about those people. I'm worried about myself. And, okay. what, and, and my taste is that it's not good, but my opinion has evolved on this a little bit. And I haven't gone back and deleted anything. My record is all there for better and for worse. Yeah. So. I, I've yeah. backed off. You the, hated me. I never hated you. I know. You. I know. No, I, I've always said you're a good guy. Actually, my frustration with you is because I thought I knew that there was more and better out of you than that. And that was where a, lot, a large source of that frustration comes from. And I know you're not going to you know, talk bad about colleagues. I, I happen no. to think um, uh, Bob Wojnowski, your former radio partner, is the best columnist in town. And I think you guys had, other than when Valenti's really fired up, the best sports show in my lifetime in this town. So to see you talk about cheeseburgers just kind of pissed me off on principle. Not but because, we used to talk about that shit all the no, time. No, you guys had some zany fun, but the right. problem was some of that hamburger shit was coming <laughs> in the year 2013 as our unpaid research team found for us before the show. Stuff. So 2013, was anything going on in the baseball season in 2013? Anything yeah, interesting? Yeah, were, but, were the Red Wings uh, in the playoffs okay, that year? Okay, okay, but okay, so if you picture it's 7, 12 in the morning. I mean, how much do you want to sit down there for three hours and break down a Jim Leland stupid pitching move or something? You just can't do that for an entire show. That's the point. Uh, okay, and now, that's if, you, if we did Mount Rushmore for three hours, yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. And, and I mean, even when, like back in the glory days, so to speak, what's your beef was only an hour. Right. 
Right. You know, and that's where I've evolved and where you can't find. I don't think I mean, you know, maybe someone's ready to, to search right now. I know there's some people that hang on every single word I say. It's, and, well, and there's people that are, are dedicated to, to tracking me now, which is very flattering. I wasn't this popular uh, ever. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but I don't think you can find anything from the last couple of years. And I'm sure they'll look where I've done the Mount Rushmore thing because... We haven't I, done Mount Rushmore. Well, that, is, that aside... <laughs> we, do the, we do this other thing that somebody ripped it, on today, no, but I but any dumb topic generally, because right. I can't imagine what, uh, you know, Mike Valani or you guys, what are you going to talk about now when Detroit sports suck? And, like, if you're in the middle of the baseball season, for example, obviously pre-COVID where the Tigers were the right. only thing going. I mean, how many... I, I mentioned what, Leland. Yeah, what do yeah. you sit there? Oh, Garden Hire, he should have, you know, taken this guy out. Nobody cares. No, you <laughs> there's can't, you can't 75 games under 500. And, and that's where I you think, know? and that's where I think I've been unfair right. in the past, especially in the morning. I mean, in the morning is yeah, it's a lot different, you're, except for yeah. like Mondays after the Lions in Michigan and Michigan State have terrible weekends. Well, you're not you're not wrong, but it's just it's I know it's, 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 it's everybody's it's, cup of tea. It's basically. still not my cup of tea, right? And some people like that stuff. I mean, I, I think I think that stuff is unlistenable, but when you are engaged in sports, right. I actually think you're, you're still really good. And that's the stuff that I like. Pers- I can only speak for myself. Right. I don't see your ratings book. I don't see what people are telling you. I don't, see, I'm not in your show prep. The majority of the, is, sports talk radio is a niche to begin with. And we used to you know, figure this out at DFN because they had a sh- crappy signal and all that stuff. 97.1, thankfully, FM, it's booming and all that. But if you have a niche format, you have to try to, appeal to some people outside of your niche. And that is the topics that aren't necessarily sports topics. It's the stuff. I mean, I, even when I did the show with Parker, that's when we started doing non-sports stuff. It was like, you know, I don't know, Seinfeld stuff, whatever. And that's what you get other people who aren't sitting there who can tell you all three lines of the Red Wings or, you know, Michigan's too deep or the Spartans, uh, their 10-man roster that he's playing right now. There are a lot of the people, and we hope, aren't, are still listening because they want to be entertained. And part of that is, is non-sports. Now, even some sports shtick, you know, we do this thing that we started, and we'll get to, fortunately, Jamie later, but, you know, we started way back in COVID where we said, you know what, there's nothing going on. Let's pick a number. We'll start at one, end up at 90, and we're still, I think we're at 65. A few days a week, who's the greatest, you know, Detroit person to wear this number? And, you know, you have four guys, and some of them are really tight, you know, dis, you know discussion, very debatable. Some, as we get into the 60s, are these obscure linemen and things like, you know, so, but it's only 10 minutes of the show, and people say, why are you talking? I mean, it's, and it's a Twitter poll. Well, you can't win, because no, if, if, you no. do, if you do the stuff that I want to hear, that's going to piss people off, too, and I get exactly. that. But I, I, and I respect that from your position. I'm just saying, even back in 2013, I still retain that preference. I just right. understood, because you know some people are capable of evolving and growing up a little bit. Right. You know, um, your former colleague, Mike Sullivan, was the first guest with the new format, was kind of— Love Sully. He great guy was calling me out because I had been a jackass to him. I mean, I was making fun of your hamburger topics. I was actually kind of mean to him. And he said, like, hey, do you regret being such an ass to me? And we had this whole thing, like, on the show. They and used I- to make fun of when we did stuff like that. I mean, they make fun of, you know, Carson Anderson when they do, you know, every oh, yeah. topics, which actually, even in our show, if, if, if not, believe me, phone calls are not a judge. More people obviously listen and take phone calls, but. More people, you get more reaction 
we get more reaction to the non-sports stuff usually than the sports stuff because it's it's stuff everybody can identify with, and that's what kind of makes it fun in a way. Well, I'm glad you're here because you're a forgiving soul, and uh, if nothing else, we can bond over Bruce Springsteen, whose music was blasting upon your arrival yes. in your honor. Mm-hmm. I've seen you at at many concerts, and you're always in the first two rows, which shows well, how successful you've been in your career. Really. I saw you at the, the Fox Theater in Detroit at the Devils and Dust Tour. Yeah. I had like the eighth row tickets. I thought I was really cool. I was ready to tell everybody about it, like I'm Bill Simmons bragging about my playoff clipper seats. That was my and, agent got me those. Your agent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God rest his soul, yeah. Mike Novak. I, oh, okay. I didn't. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a while ago. I, I called my agent too and tried to, but there's there nobody there because I don't have one. So, okay. So, moving on. Nor should you. Well, okay. See, you're getting your <laughs> See, revenge. You started you know, it already because I'm a very sensitive guy. Yeah, you know, I can tell. It's, I, I have a standard where, like, I will invite anybody in. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's better if they scream at me. And it hasn't happened yet, but like Sully kind of went after me. Justin Rogers in a, in a professional way right. was calling me kind of stupid on some points. I love that. Bring like okay. it, You can call me stupid on anything. I think it's great. I think it's more entertaining. So I let, let's shift to this. There's a couple of topics I want to hit tonight. By the way, before we start. Oh, go ahead. Chances are, under normal circumstances, we would have seen each other tonight anyway. Yes. Because the Thursday, this Thursday every year, is usually Killer's thing at, at, at the Lodge. You know, Killer's charity, Tom Kowalski, our good friend. So raise a glass to Killer. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cheers to you. Yes. Yeah, we love him. You, we to love the guy. Tom we Killer miss him Kowalski. all the time. It's always a rip-roaring time at, at that thing. Luckily, you know, there's never any shenanigans. It's all on the up and up, and everyone has a great time, yeah. and there's never any drama at those things. So uh, – Let's talk about this. This is an interesting topic for me. It'll be a little bit self-indulgent, perhaps. I am fascinated with the topic of access journalism, just generally. Okay. Now, you're not a reporter or a journalist. You're an entertainer. Right. Right. Is that safe to say? Yeah, but as uh, compared to most people who have my job, up until really mostly the morning stuff, I used to go to a lot of games, a lot of locker rooms and stuff. Getting up at you know four thirty in the morning means I got to get sleep, so I don't go to as much. That's a whole different dynamic. You go to press conferences though, but you're not yes. a reporter. Correct. I mean, just by trade, right. I'm you're not, not breaking a stories. No, unless I get ex- lucky. Exactly. And and ninety seven one, just in general, it's not a journalism format. That's not no. what you're going for. It's no. entertainment radio. You don't hide it. No one says otherwise. But it's interesting because you actually do have issues with access journalism or have historically, not necessarily you personally, although we'll get into that, but your station where, okay, maybe you're not technically journalists, but for those that don't know, the concept of access journalism is basically where somebody, an individual working professional, typically a journalist, favors access over objectivity and their integrity. So I'm just saying in general, I'm not saying you do. No, no. I that, just, that, but, but by I, definition. I, I think that's a f- failed problem. I think people, anytime somebody doesn't rip anybody people oh they're afraid that they won't get access okay to but you're talking room. about individual cases but i i don't want to sit here okay. and trash people but, that but might even, make even, things awkward no, for but, you. no but, but even in even the broad spectrum i don't think these guys sit there and say oh my god i can't write that because i won't get in the locker room they might say you know what i can't write that because down the road i might need it i might have a story that he'll give to somebody else a good maybe even actually a breaking news story okay so so i'm not going to rip it, a guy is your argument that there has been no leverage placed against entertainers, against reporters by teams to not say things? Because that's I, contradicted I th- by one of your colleagues. I, I, I think they 
they say things. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so, I'm sure, but whether you listen to them or not. Okay. All right. Here's a perfect example. Okay. I can probably say this now. I think we all heard the rumors of, of uh, Avi Garcia and the Cabrera and that whole deal, right? Yep. Nobody said anything because nobody could prove it. We just heard rumors and hearsay and things like that. But if you have a podcast or a website or something like that, you can write whatever the hell you want. Basically, there's no checks and balances. So we, and that's good we to dis- a certain extent. We disagree on the extent. But okay. I, the yeah, con- it does happen. Whether or not you believe in Sasquatch or not, the concept of Sasquatch is it's a big monster roaming through the hills. Is it a Dan you know, Leach moment Washington here? or something. I'm just saying <laughs> the concept, whether you happen to believe it or I not, know, know. is that there's this concept of access journalism yes. where people are favoring. I don't want to say anything bad about the teams because I might right. lose access. You guys are not reporters at 97.1. Right. You don't purport to be. Right. But there are implications, and we've seen them, and we're going to demonstrate that right now for what you say being damaging to your access to your relationships with the teams. We've seen it in this town, and we don't have to go far. We've seen it in the building you work in every day. 97.1 in 2015 backed off their relationship with you guys. They said they are no longer going to be the flagship. Oh, the Lions you're talking about. Did I not you said 97.1 on the ticket backed off their relationship. The Lions backed off 97-1. Yes. Thank you. We need someone checking everything I say because <laughs> sometimes I do misspeak. But, yes, that the Lions withdrew their relationship with 97-1, who had been the flagship carrying them for several years. And I'm going to pull a couple clips. Ben's got them up. Mike Valenti was the cause of this, according to multiple reports, including from the horse's mouth, Mike Valenti. Mike Valenti was extremely critical of the Lions, mm-hmm. and I think fairly, by the way. We all are critical of the Lions. Oh, they weren't calling about Stoney or Bill McAllister. They were calling about Mike. No, Lenny. I understand. He takes it, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's more a little vitri- bit more of an he, ass. He's vitriolic. That's yeah, the he's difference. he's more vitriolic. So let's play Media One, throw it up there. This is uh, Mike Valeni five years ago talking about. Years ago, Bill Keenest, who is the head of public relations, who arguably is the worst possible person you could put in charge of that job. Uh, would basically try to get a hold of me on a segment-by-segment basis during my show. You know why Bill doesn't like me? You know why the Lions don't like me? Because I ain't got time for his phone calls. I don't take his phone calls. And if somehow he had the ability to get through to me, I'd hang up on him. So Bill Keenis was their media relations mm-hmm. guy, was apparently pressuring Valenti, pressuring the station. Oh, don't say this, don't say that. He's now the team historian, which I don't know what that means. I think they just didn't want to fire him. But we're going to play one more clip really quick from that same segment, and then we'll get to it. Media 2, Ben Valenti confirming the Lions did, in fact, leave because of him and his criticism of the organization. But, no, there's nothing to run from for me. There's nothing to to, – no, I'm telling you. It's absolutely true. The Lions aren't here because of me. That's That's that. But But it's always been that. Never changed. changed. And there are people in that organization that are bad people. There are people in that organization who shouldn't be there. And this organization should probably be more concerned about entertaining you, the fans, than anything people like Terry and I have to say. Okay, from the jump, I completely agree with everything he said. And it's well, a, that, well that, that part, I, de- I definitely agree. And, he, and he's right. I mean, back in the DFN days, they used to, oh, God, we used to do that. I mean, and they were decent back then. They weren't horrific for the most of the time. I mean, we did a thing, you know, grow, get rid of Wayne. And they would call and complain 
but we never changed anything. This is what I was going to ask you. Right. So you well, have you felt this type of pressure from yeah, that but organization? It's not, pre- it's not pressure. You better do this or this. It's more like you know this is they try to give their own facts. They try to give their own spin. Um, but it, but it, but what's interesting? The one thing we did acquiesce to is we had a guy, Don Swindell. He was our voice guy, the old, and he used to do an imitation of drunk Mr. Ford, and we. Pretty much the station said, all right, we don't need to go that, that far. We'll just, he can do Mr. Ford, but not drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, and, and I always believe as long as you don't take personal attacks on the people themselves and call them names and things like that, I, I think it's fine. Now, the Lions will say just keep it to the field or whatever. I look, I, I, look I'm wearing a hat that says 1957. I mean, come on, that says it all. Well, that, that could go one of two ways. I can, I can interpret that in a number no, of ways. That could be a pro yes. or anti-Lions. <laughs> but, I mean, so you, you answered the question for me. I was yeah, going to ask, they, yeah, they, you they, felt it. Oh, yes, absolutely. And you think it's stupid of them to do that, or is that safe to say? Because I think Well, that's what PR people are supposed to do to a certain extent. Well, not, not the, to this extent. Not, not to say that we're not going to, you know, we're going to, I mean, they threatened to take away credentials back in the day. I mean, yeah, that's wrong. And they didn't, but they, you know, whatever. They pulled the plug on the, the deal. Not, not well, true, see. Valeni said that I they know, did but, it because but part, they uh, part of that is true. But from what I've been told, the other half of the story is WJR gave him a million more dollars a year than we did, is what I've heard as well. Okay. But I don't, wow. but whatever. But, th- but yes, he's right. Now, we'll find out because, you know, their deal's up soon, so we'll see if... What happens? Well, he's and Valenti's turned up the heat even more so since then. So I well, I they deserve the heat. You oh yeah, you're not seeing me defend them. No. I, I think it's ridiculous that they do this stuff, and I'm surprised because I, I I thought you'd be a little more affirming of this, but this is why I ask, and I don't make uh, full assumptions no, on anything. Look, it, it's weird. It it, it happens. Uh, look, um, the only like when we when the Pistons were on our air at DFN, they haven't done anything you know since at, at 97.1, but they were on our, at DFN. Tom Wilson only gave us crap once, and it was, I think it was over the Carlisle thing. I don't, I don't remember exactly. That will be a little unfair. And unfair. I mean, come on. We, go, I mean, we, we, no, we loved Rick Carlisle. It turns out, you know, Larry Brown was the, <laughs> ended up being the right choice. Yep. But we hammered them on getting rid of Larry Brown. How the hell could you, you know, get rid of And now the Pistons pretty much let us do whatever we wanted. The Red Wings and the Tigers, since I've been there at, at 97-1, Really, haven't really created anything or t- told us, you know, told me, you know, you can't say this. I remember back in the old days, DFN, we didn't have the team, obviously. They were so pissed at Jamie because Jamie gave it the name Copa. And we called it the Copa instead of Comerica Park. And they were pissed because Comerica was paying them. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. The big- I mean, that's fine. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a little tacky, but that whatever it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, if you're paying for the name, whatever. I, a little petty, but whatever. An interesting case with the Tigers, I don't know if you have any insight on this or if you've heard this. I've heard this from multiple people that I trust that Tony Paul was in line to be the beat writer for the Detroit News for the Tigers and that the Tigers had some leverage against them and that they preferred basically anybody else because he had been critical in print and they went for McCoskey, Chris McCoskey. Have you heard anything like that? Just rumors, but I say, mean, you're hearing the same yeah, stuff. I have. Yeah. That that's an example. Of the Tigers doing I've it. Heard the same thing about the Fennec at the Free Press. Well, we'll get to that right now. So perfect, perfect timing. So this was 2019. Now this was a former Tiger, but it's not a a 
you know, Detroit organization. This is a former Tiger with a Detroit Free Press reporter in 2019, where Justin Verlander famously uh, with the Astros blocked Anthony Fennick from his press conference or from Clubhouse Access. And we have the tweet up to our viewing audience. I'll read it very quickly uh, to the listeners. It's, this is from Justin Verlander in August of 2019. Quote, I declined to speak with the free press rep last night because of his unethical behavior in the past. I reached out to the Freep multiple times before the game to notify them why and to give them an opportunity to have someone else there. Ironically, they didn't answer. So this was something that was blown up by the Baseball Writers Association. Mm -hmm. The league acknowledged it. The Astros had to basically back off. One of many things they had to back off from it. It was a rough year. It was year. a good year for them, huh? Yeah, yeah. They, they had a rough go of it. But this stuff does go on. So, you know, when you say, oh, it's a bunch of hooey. Uh, no, I didn't say hooey. I just, for us, I mean, they never really tell us what to say. They, I'm like, like he mentioned Bill Keenis, who I actually like a lot. I've known him when I worked in Washington. He was the assistant for the Redskins. So I've known Billy a long time. And I like Billy a lot. And yeah, it was, st- I mean, he's done some, I mean, he he would call during the show, during breaks yeah. and he would give like f- other facts. He wouldn't say, you can't say this. He would say, but this and this and this and this, he'd have, you know, that's what PR people do. And it's weird. The, the whole job of public relations has changed a lot. It used to be the PR director would do anything possible to get players and coaches and stuff on the air to give them what? Publicity. That doesn't happen much anymore. At least not with you guys. That, maybe if well, they, done, friendly, we, well, they do we, it with Dan Miller on their own. Well, well, know, well it's, it's like the way they, they, you know, they break stories on their own websites, these teams, all over the country. Yeah. You know? um, actually, for us in the morning, we've been, we've been pretty good, especially with the Tigers and the Red Wings, the Pistons occasionally, and the Lions won't, but whatever. The team-sponsored media is so bad. I know. Every, I, I think just, it's horrible. I mean, you know, Keith Lang, I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. but He's, a, he's always been a really good writer. Oh, he's a talented guy, yeah. but it's like, I'm going to go write for the team, like Tim Twentyman for the Lions. Yeah, but you know, so, you know what? I know everybody rips him. Well, in today's society, with the way journalism is and newspapers are failing and the, the money that's... I mean, if you can get a job to feed your family with benefits and things like that... Okay, maybe you got to suck it up a little bit. Oh, this this As is, a, it beats being unemployed or being a freelancer. Uh, I sure, I, I guess. I mean, see, I, you I, have I, this unbelievable mansion, so of course you wouldn't understand that. Okay, either it, would I to a certain extent. It, you know, but it, I, but I, but I see a lot the, of things you can I, do. I don't, I, I don't think DetroitLions.com is paying Tim Twentyman so much money that he he just couldn't help himself to take it. They, I, I'm guessing. I, I don't know, but I'm sure you're getting. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Martha and Sheila, you know, give them good benefits. Okay. I don't know. Can, how about I don't blame the person, but I just think the work sucks. How oh, about that? Is that oh, is that safe? Okay. Is that well, they don't agreeable? They don't really make a, opinions for the most. I don't read everything, but they. Here's the other thing we have to realize, and it took me a long time to realize, and a lot of times I don't. Those websites, m- more people. The fans of the city, and it's in every city. It's not just here. Those, there's more of them than there are of us who sit there and are cynical asses. Most of them like to read that crap. I, if that's fair. <laughs> it's believe, true. I, believe me, I, someone, I, you can look upon the space around you. I am the biggest Michigan State fan in the world, yeah. but I'm also objective. Where similar to Mike Valenti, right. where. You know, I have no problem whatsoever criticizing them when it's warranted. I was very right. critical of D'Antonio's exit and sure. how the, the administration handled the aftermath of that. 
And I had people in my own fan base. I think it's going to work out pretty damn good. It's looking great. But my point is. I wouldn't say great, but I think it's going to be good. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be good. Good. I think he's going to be good. I thought it was a Mel Tucker discussion. I thought it was a terrific hire, and I think he's going to be able to recruit really good. So a terrific hire, but they'll go six and six every year. That's good. No, I don't think. I didn't say that. You're so argumentative. Listen, the point is, I get you get shit for being frank and i've had right. people in my own fan base michigan state fan base that just absolutely hate me that they're trolling me all day long because of one or two bad things i said about michigan state I know. and it's just so i get it I, i'm actually kind of agreeing with you that there is that market of oh just get me a big fat spoon and let me eat that spartan ice cream all day no. get the msu dairy store back up the truck no, give, me a, give me a shovel and i'll shovel it in i agree I'm just saying I don't like it. I've never – you're arguing arguing two different things. Right. You're saying there's a market for it. I'm not disagreeing with right. that. Right, okay. I'm, I'm just that's saying – That's why they do it. I'm just saying the – yeah, there's a, a lot of people went to go see the Twilight movies. They sucked ass, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm not buying the commercially viable equals quality argument. Oh, uh, believe me. I mean, look at Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Don't be mean to Nickelback. They've taken enough abuse over the years. I know. So there, are, there are people saying that about my boy, so whatever. Yeah, you know, come on now. We're not uh, tolerating any of that. Nonsense. I know. Anything bad against Bruce Springsteen will not no. be tolerated on this show anyway. So you actually mentioned uh, a few minutes back something that I wanted to dive into tonight. You mentioned it in passing, but newspapers struggling, mm-hmm. newspapers kind of dying out. It's something I've talked about with Justin Rogers from the Detroit News on this show, Tony Paul from the Detroit News. We talked about their subscription model. Tony's take on it was interesting, and I agreed with him. He was a uh, taking the perspective of let's look in the mirror, that this is our fault, that we were giving away something for years, that we were way behind as a newspaper industry with the internet and adjusting to it. We were stubborn to a fault, and now we're, we're racing behind, and now people are like stunned that we're charging for a product because they're so conditioned to getting the newspaper for free online. And I think you guys are sort of potentially as an FM uh, industry, maybe next on the media chopping block where you have to find ways to adjust and you have to evolve. You're not at the same point of newspapers. You're still more relevant than the the daily rag. Right. But I can see 10 years from now, you guys being the next newspapers where you do have to make adjustments. My brother, Sean, I'll I'll comment. I'll send him a text like, hey, did you hear what Valenti said today? He's awesome. And he, he he's stunned that I ever listen to you guys at all. It's like, why would I listen to FM radio? I have 37 podcasts I subscribe to. Like, there's no commercials. I can kind of pick the content. Oh, I don't like this episode. I'll just go to one of the other 36. I'm curious for your thoughts on this, that you've you've made your bones in this. I mm-hmm. You know, you're not at the beginning of your career, but you have years left. I don't think you're ready to get out anytime no, soon. No, but, you know, if there's a calendar... From January, December, I'm probably, you know, I'm at Halloween. You're at Halloween. So you <laughs> Maybe. Then, I don't know. If we're prorating that, you still have years left. But I still have a few my, years my left. My point yeah. is you're not retiring in two months to where you're Hopef- off the hook. Hopefully not. You're not off the hook. You you have to be part of this transition right. that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And this isn't Mike Stone specific. This isn't 97.1 specific. No. This is every terrestrial radio station oh, yeah. in the country. I'm curious for your thoughts on, like, why would I listen to Mike Stone on 97.1 Eight minutes, six minutes of commercials, nine minutes, four minutes of commercials, when I can listen to a podcast. Hopefully we're entertaining. That's number one. Number two is because we're live and local. Chances are if you turn on the radio Monday morning or Monday afternoon, you want to hear Mike talking about Michigan, Michigan State of the Lions. You don't want to hear 
the you know Adam Schefter or whoever podcast as good as it is because it's dated. You know, not because it's not usually that day stuff. Some are, I believe. I mean, I'm not a big podcast listener only because I'm not in the car that often and I get home, I take naps and I do like to listen to to Valenti at times and I do listen to Carson. I'm really pissed off because during their, I loved the Levitard show. Levitard was the way I think sports talk about it. Fun, they'll get in habits, they talk about goofy crap, but whatever. Anyway, that's, that's gone away. Um, and, but it's, it's local. It's like the whole satellite thing. Everybody says, is satellite radio affect you? Yeah, probably a little bit. But in our format, not as much as the music stations. I mean, why would anybody, with all due respect, listen to local music stations? Except maybe in the morning, you know, Mojo's really popular. You know, JJ, I have to mention our, our, our stations too. You know, uh, JJ uh, and, 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 and Joanne and, and, and people, like, you know, people like that who are around for a while. But... Music you could pick up anywhere. I mean, whether you listen to a podcast, Sirius, Spotify, Pandora, whatever. And that's the I. Th- I think sports talk radio will always be around because it's live, it's local, and it's free. Now you have to sit yeah. through the commercials. True, but th- that that's why I think it's here to now. We should be more pro. I mean, we. I think we are. I mean. With, with Twitter, with social media, I think we've gotten pretty good. I mean, our shows are on – our show, we're not good enough yet because they can't get anybody to come in early enough, but only our last hour is on Twitch. More people will be watching that. You know, I don't know how good it is while you're driving. but uh, I, don't, I don't use Twitch, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I know what it is, yeah. obviously. The Radio.com app is what I like to pull up. Like, yeah. Because, you know, I work. So. And you can rewind and hear all the exactly stuff. Exactly right. So, like, Valenti, you talk about – to me, Mike Valenti – after something crazy with the Lions right. or something crazy with Michigan You want to hear Mike that the day. Appointment listening. Yes. So I hate, like, on a Monday after something crazy, I literally will not have lunch at 12. I'll take a very late lunch at 2 so for 30 minutes I can eat and have him in my yes. earbud. So, so I don't think that's going to change. It, it might not. But, if, the person but, is, if, the, if the person on the air is good, as good as Mike is. and But he commands an audience. I think the standard, you guys have to just, again, Generally, yeah, the industry has to be better. Where you know you have some some guys at that stations. Every station's got them. Where you know they're nice guys. They do their thing. But you know there's no edge. There's no angle. I think you have to be either edgy or interesting in some mm-hmm. way, or you're, you're going to die out. So I, I think it's interesting to see what happens. I don't know how you evolve. You know you said it's live, local, and uh, com- you know free. Woodward Sports is, you know, they just launched. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of them. Our, our buddy Sean Belegian is with them now. And technically, this show is live, local, and free. I mean, I'm not comparing myself right. to the Colin Coward right. show or anything. But, you know, there, those options are out there, too, where this show's live, local, Gee, and free. What do you want? I, I see his picture. Are you on your knees to him or something? You know, Colin Coward, you know, he's my, men- I, I, he's I, my I, mentor. I think he's very good. He doesn't know it, but he's my mentor. He's, he's very good. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. And um, it, was, it was really nice. I went out to the ESPN headquarters and, and met him. And, um, yeah, he, he actually – Gave me a little hand and dinner recommendation, and my wife thought I was the biggest loser. I held on to it like it was just the most I precious. I met him in one of the, uh, the Super Bowl I was at in Tampa after I was fired. And I uh, met him, and uh, he said, 
you know, do you know Doug Karsh? He said, yeah, because Doug used to do stuff for ESPN on the, on the yep, weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he's he's a good guy, very uh, very talented guy. Very talented. The, no the point the point is that there's so many options. You know, again, my brother thinks that I'm crazy for giving you guys the time of day, but I do. I still listen to you guys typically on the radio app, and I'll rewind it. But I do. Have so a, what's he listening to? Pot. He well, he's listening to this show right now. I'm guessing he's okay. a big fan of the Spiro Avenue show. But hi, Sean. How are you, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sean. Wait, he, do I look fat? You think you look fat? I've gained like 25 pounds during the, the yeah, since the summer. It's been a terrible thing, and gyms closed and all that. But um, no, but you know he listens to. I mean, I happen to not be a fan of his work, but I I know he loves like the Graham Couch podcast that he does, whatever that's called. So he's a big listener of that. Uh, Graham Couch uh, from LSJ yeah. does um, does one with Jason Nick, who I actually do know and is a good guy. But um, you know, and I don't know. I don't Here's know. Here's the other thing. There's just so because I, I was th- we were uh, like Rico has one. Mike used to have, I don't know what, whatever, that, sh- that he had a really good podcast. I don't know when that's coming back. Always aggravated. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So, I mean, you know, me and John want to have one where basically we just kind of like this, have somebody on because one of the, now like Mike doesn't really like having guests on. He, although he has, he's had, he has Burkett on every once in a while. But like we'll have guests in the morning. We used to not be allowed to have guests. I mean, when I first got to 97.1. They were caller-driven. The callers are guests. That was their motto, right? right? Well, which was such a, you know, at DFN towards the end, we had too many guests. I mean, we really need Kevin Allen and Chris McCoskey all the time. I mean, no matter what, I'm just pointing those names just for the hell of it. Just, we would, you know, Tim McCormick, you know, all that, you know, all that stuff. They're good. But we had, we relied on them too much at times at the end. And I go to the 97.1, which had none. And in the mornings, I, we tried to say, you know what? So we've got permission and we've, you know, we have some, but the problem is in this format, you know, 12, 13 minute segments. Now, sometimes that's good because you know, the guy, guy has enough to say, but there are other times where you want, you, especially, we used to have Ken Holland on, you know, and then um, uh, Ken doesn't talk real quick. No. So you get two or three questions and you get, bye Ken, see you later. Right. But you want to keep them off. So I want to do a podcast where we actually can do long form, like this interviews with people. I, I think that's the way to go. I mean, it, I just think that's where the medium's going. And, you know, we're, everyone talks about short attention spans, but it, the data actually backs up that people prefer the long form now. Now, if they're, you know, sitting on the toilet, they like something quick and easy. Yeah. But for the drive, you know, they don't want a, a 15-minute clip. That's actually what the data bears out. But, um, you know, it's, it'll be curious uh, for me to see what you guys do to maintain viability because I, I do think you have to make changes. I'm not sure exactly what they are. I think the radio.com app, for example, is extremely cumbersome. I use it, but, you know, I'll rewind it a minute and then it'll like reload and then jump forward an hour, like for no reason. It's very cumbersome. That's corporate. Call Intercom in Philadelphia. We have nothing to do okay, with so that. Okay, so I won't, I won't grill you over yeah. that. But you guys have to, you guys got to come up with something where like a Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even live, like, you know, you guys, again, the industry, not 97.1, right, right. the industry has yes. to come up with something like that because I get frustrated to the point where I'm like, you know what, F you, I'm turning on, I don't know. Clay Travis or whatever, right. if I want to hear someone, you know, going off. So anyway, that, that's, I, I see you guys having some challenges in the future. It'll be interesting to see how you adjust and, you know. Do you I, drink the Trump water like he does? Trump? No. Okay. No, I, you know, I. Uh, see, that was, a, you know, it's weird. I, I brought it up, so I'll talk about it. Oh, no, go ahead. When, especially when I work with Bill, now I'm kind of moderate, but I lean left, but not hardcore at all. Because there's something, I believe in the death penalty, so whatever. You know, Bill was a little more left. So during the primaries, 
we got killed rating wise because we got the politics too much and, and, and Trump this and Trump not, not this. I mean the primary before sixteen. Yep, yep. Sixteen's election, so we changed. So we basically like Jamie was very liberal. So I mean, every once in a while we throw a little jab in, but no. I mean, you want to talk about get call generators? We could have done that a lot, and we didn't. Now maybe that was good, maybe it was bad. I think you with politics, you piss off half your audience. I'm not in, 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 in our show. Oh, you talk about Clay Travis. I mean, he literally wrote the book, and you know, with the homage to Michael Jordan, Republicans buy sneakers too. Right. I I explored this topic in some depth. He's very with, talented. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's a very talented guy, and I, I like him. And, and people think like if you say I like Clay Travis, that is not a rubber stamping of everything he says. No. I like I like watching people that have strong opinions and are entertaining. You have to be the ultimate just wuss snowflake. If you have to just get affirmation for everything that you think in your head, you want to just hear those things parroted back to you again and again. But most people are like that. I'm in the minority. Like, I actually like listening to crazy people, too. Like, I like watching Alex Jones from time to time because he's nuts. I like listening to, is it, pronouncing it wrong, Chink Uyghur from the Young Turks, who is the— You can't ex- say that word. What? Chink. You know, see, you get, us, you get us canceled already. I, His name, I think it's pronounced chink or chink, whatever it is, <laughs> but he, he's far left. Right. And I actually like listening to him, not because I like everything he says, but I like getting. Well, on Sundays, believe it or not, if I'm watching one Sunday show, I'm watching Chris Wallace because yeah. I think he's as fair as anybody. He is. And it's funny because now everybody hates him because some people thought he was mean to Trump during the cycle. And it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, un- <laughs> I'll get on my political soapbox. I don't care if I. Because I won't, I can't say this on the air. Because the problem is, if republic, there are so many nice, good Republicans out there that just, I guess, are wussies. They're afraid that they're, they're afraid. I don't know what they're afraid of. Trump is just a bad freaking human being. Just go look. Forgetting about now, go look about what he did when he was in New York. I have, I'm biased. I grew up on the East Coast. I have friends whose fathers were lawyers who did work for Trump. And construction stuff never got paid. That's how he helped make his money. Where he didn't care. Sue me, and I'll settle for half of what you, I, you, I should have paid you. He's just a bad human being, and he's been that way from the USFL. His whole and people are just oblivious to it, and it's it's like this cult, and it's unbelievable. I, you know, say what you want about you know rhinos, you know Romney, McCain, all these. They at least are. This guy was is non-human. That's what bothers me the most about him. But there we go. Well, it's funny because <laughs> and my, look, I wasn't a hill, and, and that's the one thing I hope Biden can do is just bring a semblance of normalcy to this country. Yeah, he'll he'll be. I mean, you know, I, I don't like, agree with everything he says. Well, he'll, he'll be a turd like everybody else, but not yes, not like the turd we just had. I mean, that's I think they're all you know South Park nailed it with the douche and the turd thing years ago. It's yeah. like. To ascend to that level in politics, you got to be kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Like, I, I just in my opinion, yeah. maybe some very. I actually think Mitt Romney, despite the oh he was mean in high school, I think Mitt Romney's actually one of the few that's like a pretty good guy. He's a good human being, right? I mean, I right. disagree with some stuff, but I mean, I disagree with that. Well, I just mean the core of the human being right. is good. But he's a rare exception. Most of them, but, I you but know, it's amazing to me. Like guys that Trump just ripped, like Mario. Ru- Why is he not? Here's Marco Mario Rubio. Why do they suck his bathwater? Here's what I can't. Here's what I don't get, and and you're. I I think we frankly agree on this. I totally get 
voting for Trump because I like the tax cut or, you know, yes. I, I, I don't want people coming in through the border. People, my people, by the way, happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yes, there are people Hanukkah. I know he's been, whether you believe it or not, a lot of people believe, and there's, you know, he's better for Israel. There's been Middle East peace, so Israel to speak. thinks he's been good for Israel. So Correct. If we're okay. asking oh, the horse. Oh, okay. So, well, Netanyahu, he's whatever anyway. But still, I can understand that. What I can't figure out is the rural people, the people who he couldn't stand. He hates these people, no matter what you think. He does. He wouldn't let them near Miralaga. He wouldn't even golf with them if he had it. And they're, what are they getting from him? Nothing. The rich people are getting some benefits, so I can say, okay, all right. What do you? What are you as a, you know, somebody who lives in the Thumb or in Montana? What are you getting from Donald Trump? Are you familiar with Roger Stone? Yeah, notorious. Roger was a guest on this show, and uh, the audio forum was not in studio. He, we did it remotely, but um, I had talked to him uh, during that whole campaign. But when we talked before he came on, and I've told the story a couple times, but. Roger said that Trump's strategy when he was planning his run was he was listening to far-right radio, like people to the right of, you know, the Rush Limbaugh right. programs, even like just local programs right. that he was streaming. And he had his, you know, staff dial him up. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he would listen to what the callers were saying, not even the hosts, the callers, about what they were frustrated about, what they were complaining about. And that was how, because Roger was, Roger Stone was Trump's first campaign manager before he. You know, he was quote unquote fired, but he, they were shaking hands the whole way. I mean, yeah. he stepped away, but their strategy was crafted on the angry right wing radio caller, not the host, the caller. Right, right. And that he spoke to those people because he listened to exactly what they said and framed this message around it. Now, whether you think it's genuine, I certainly don't. Right, <laughs> but, but he was smart. That he was, was the strategy. He was a great marketer. And he, look, he was, he looked good thanks to editing on The Apprentice, and that's why he won. And he also won because a lot of people didn't like Hillary, rightfully so. And whether people want to admit it or not, I'm not saying Trump's a racist, but if Obama was never the president before Trump, there's no way in hell Trump would have even run or even won. Probably not. Probably not. I, th- All right, here, that, sure. The last thing I'll say about Trump is I hate the, if you voted for Trump, I'm never talking to you stuff. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I have no time for that. Like, it, it's ridiculous. And I feel that way about it. Plus, he ruined the USFL. No, yeah, that, which I that's, loved. It's a little young to give a shit about the I USFL, know. but yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it was a, a rollicking good time back when they played the pro, semi-pro football. It wasn't semi-pro. They had some good freaking players. Man. Okay, they were the best players in the world. It's I don't right. know. I, the USFL. It's not. You know, you want to do an hour on the USFL? No, I, I don't want to do an hour. And I know we have you know, a lot of people that are eager to hear about it, but I, I'm going <laughs> to respectfully pass. Okay. So I want to move on to baseball in general, but also. Baseball in this town and what we're facing. Now, I have railed against this whole District Detroit thing to the point of exhaustion, to the point where we did our little prep sheet, we had our little prep meeting, and my producer, Ben, who's sitting on the other side of this wall, sent me a text saying, oh, Jesus Christ, Like again, we're doing the District Detroit. I promise I'm not going to belabor the District Detroit, but I want to frame it and frame this Tigers topic in the right way so people understand where I'm coming from. So we'll start here. This is back in 2017. The District Detroit is not built yet, but it is being built, and Little Caesars Arena obviously being the cornerstone of that. And Chris Illich goes on with the felled duo of Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen on Fox Sports Detroit to chat about the project during a Tigers baseball game. Let's dial that up. 
Chris, you talk about how big this project is and how much space it does cover in downtown Detroit, but the amazing thing to me is, and, and looking at the presentation you gave us the other day, is it's still going to be very walkable, I think, from one end of District Detroit to the other end, which really makes it kind of intriguing for folks. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's really what... what uh, people are going to love about this is there's going to be uh, offices and places to live and all types of restaurants and bars and retail stores all within uh, a proximity that's very uh, urban and, and walkable and, and stitched together to where it's just a really nice, nicely built out, built out part of the city and it's going to be a very nice place to be, whether you're working or living or just visiting. Uh, so it's, it's going to be special, I think, and something that I think uh, people are going to really enjoy. What do they say, the the, uh, the best laid plans of mice and men or something like that? Hey, well, honestly, it reminds me of Lyle Lanley selling the monorail to Springfield. I mean, where it's it's just like... Was this, well, was, was this interview before the queue line? This was. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I didn't do my research on the queue line. But I did what a my, waste of money that thing oh, is. It's, it's, so, it's so practical. I heard it breaks down every 10 seconds, too. People mover 2.0. Never running. Yeah, the people mover. That was a real uh, beauty, too. But so, uh, yeah, about 20% of our audience listens and doesn't watch. But for those that didn't see, you know, he's uh, talking to, it was actually Kirk Gibson and Mario and Pemba for that segment, and talking about how it's going to be this, this palatial area, neighborhoods and hustle and bustle, and they're showing artist renderings of, of people downtown, and it, it, it looks like the merry old land of Oz. You know, it, it actually put the merry old land of Oz to shame, how glitzy these images were, and he's talking it up. And this was not eight years before. This was less than a year before the quote-unquote grand opening of the District of Detroit in Little Caesars Arena. And, you know, I, I had the, the production team pull some images that we'll throw up, and, and we can kind of talk over them, you know, for the viewing audience that they can see. But, you know, you see what some of the renderings were, you know, the Cass Park Village, and it's people on bicycles and having a great time, and there's, there's the bench, and, the, you know, it's the people watching. It, you can see the contrast where you're promised the merry old land of Oz, and you are given uh, a pile of crap, basically. Oh. Yeah, little, and yeah, well, you know, Caesar's logo instead of the Red Wings logo. They promised paradise and put up a parking lot to to have a, <laughs> yeah. a quick little <laughs> spit on that. It, it it's been a huge Ooh. disappointment. So the reason I I bring this up is this: we're already starting to see a, in my opinion, backtracking, if not a flat out reneging of the plan that the Tigers purported to have in place, where we are told. Three years ago, at the same time that we were told that uh, the Merry Old Land of Oz was coming down uh, downtown Woodward, you know, in downtown Detroit on Woodward, we are being told, bear with us. We know the Tigers stink. Just hang in there. This is all part of the grand plan. And then when we accrue the prospects, we're going to spend. The money will be there. Maybe we're not going to be Mike Gillich, $190 million, but we're going to be middle to upper tier. That's what we were told. I didn't say it. I'm not the one that got on the microphone and said that stuff. That's what we were told. So the same uh, coterie, the same ownership group that went on Fox Sports Detroit in that clip in 2017 and told us about this wonderful palatial downtown that was coming also told us, just wait, hang on a minute. The Tigers are going to be rolling and spending when the time comes. I would argue here we are at the end of 2020. We are going on four years after that appearance and four years after Chris Illich is in print talking about they'll spend when the time's right. And I see Carlos Santana, first base slash 
DH. Guy had a down year with the Indians. Exactly what the Tigers need, though. On base, walks, power. Sign a two-year, $17 million deal with the Royals, which for those that aren't familiar with baseball economics, is a pittance. I mean, to get a starting... uh, How old is he, by the way? He's like 36. But he's good. And, And the point is... They could have signed him for two years. At eight. That, that is, they gave Mike Pelfrey more money, Mike. So, I, know, I know. So why are we talking? What are we talking about with this? Okay. Mike Pelfrey, who stunk, who always was bad, but Carlos Santana has a bad like 40 days and a, a bastard well, of a season. He wasn't really that good with the Phillies either, don't forget. What are we? Look at the, pull up Carlos Santana's career numbers on your phones oh, right now, anybody. I know. We're going to sit here and he, shit on Carlos no, Santana. No, no, I'm not shitting on Carlos Santana. What okay. I'm, what I'm saying is... Even if they sign Carlos Santana, okay, and we'll have to see who they're going to sign because they'll sign some mid-level guys who will be better than who they signed it's last year. not what year. we were sold. Okay, so maybe they'll be a year away. We already seen Josh Harrison signed. Yeah, how did that work out? Jody Mercer, that was good. We've already seen these. Yeah, I know. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think, I think they're going to sign people who are a little better than them. But seriously, even if they sign Carlos Santana and pick somebody else, I don't know. How good would they be this year? Yeah, they'd be better than they were last year. Maybe, maybe they're up to, they'd be, uh, win 80 games, 75 games. I don't have a problem with them not spending a lot of money now. Now it's next year. Next year I'll be right with you because next year, assuming, and it's a big if, that, you know, Riley Green, Torkelson will be at least on the precipice of being there. These pitchers that we've, you know, Scooble does look really good. He looks better than Mize actually right now. But, yes. Well, whatever. Those guys will be there. Then when there are free agents available and they don't go after them, then I'll be pissed off. Right now, I'm, look, they spent money on a manager on the best. Now, they got lucky that the White Sox decided to go for an 80-year-old drunk. Yeah. Okay. Can you get someone on your show to do drunk Tony LaRussa? <laughs> yeah. Like okay. The, the drunk but they got, they got the best. I thought there were so many people were convinced they were going to sign Don Kelly. And I said, just give me Hinch or Cora and I'll be happy. I was give actually afraid of McClendon, but. Yeah, but whatever. So they, they went there. They are spending a lot of money finally on their farm system and the Dominican and all that crap. Now, whether this, like, I've been reading all about this kid from Cuba, Campos. I mean, he's the next Jose Abreu, hopefully. Who the hell knows? But next year's the year. If they make a legitimate incline this year, then I say, all right, now you got to go spend. And we're not as far apart as you think, because I'm not 100% convinced that it's go time, let's go unload the wallet. But when I see a bargain deal for someone that could help, that could make them better, that could get them on the right path, that could, I'm going to cringe when I say it, but maybe be flipped for somebody with a pulse. Well, okay. Alvillo's track record's been poor. Yeah, I know. That's the fair devil's advocate. Yes, absolutely. But I, I just have concerns. I'm not saying that Chris Illich has already uh, backed out, but we are seeing things where, ooh, our financials aren't so good. We've been affected by COVID. Like the Royals haven't. I mean, and, and they signed well, Santana. See, I haven't really seen that. I mean, they haven't used that lame excuse yet. They haven't? I don't think so. You're not reading uh, Wojo's uh, newspaper because it's been not in his column. But okay. <laughs> it's been in his newspaper. Wow. They, that's already, they're already planting the seeds. And, you know, Chris Bukowski, your former guest on, on DFN, your frequent guest, 
also had a thing where he's saying, oh, what do you want the Tigers to do? This is, you know, pandemic. They're coming off this and that. They're already – and McCoskey, by the way, is a earpiece uh, for – you know, and a blowhorn for these organizations. I don't care what anybody says because that's been the M.O. everywhere he's gone. He's always pro-team. I mean, this is a guy who didn't say a bad word about anybody on the lines while he was covering them. And the day that Louis Delmas was cut called him a garbage person. Garbage. He called him garbage on Twitter. The day he's cut, the guy wasn't even out of the practice facility yet gathering his belongings, and he's call, he called him garbage. Meanwhile, he won't even criticize the blocking scheme of the team that he's covering. So there, there are those seeds already being planted. Oh, it was a pandemic. I'm not saying the jury's still out. Right. I agree with you. I'm not saying it's over. They, they broke their promise. But no. they made one very large promise to this city, to this fan base, to this community. And we played it for everyone on this show. Oh, that's the, the, the downtown thing is, is, they blew is, that, is disgusting, actually. And, it really is. And they blew that before COVID. Oh, yeah. That, that was a, a heap of parking lots before COVID. So I you, read today that they've, they've got some new housing that they're building finally. Near it's there. very I, exciting. Yeah. I, you know, I know a business owner that tried to buy a plot of land on there. Another story I've told before on this show, but that said that they're impossible to deal with. Oh, like, that I, they I've, just, I've, I've heard that for years. You've heard that for years. They want to control everything. So they they are fine. Which is amazing to me how they got along with Kwame so well because he wanted to control everything. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know what that dynamic is. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to have like Steve Neveling from Wonder City Muckraker in to yeah. do that deep dive or, you know, maybe uh, ML Elric or something. Alan Langle, yeah. But, you know, that I don't know where to go with that one. But I, I'm just going to say sitting here as a Tiger fan, as someone that wants them to do well, I don't need them to spend like the Yankees, but no. spend like I, the upper mid. Right. Market team, you, you are. You don't have to do what your what what Mike Illich did with you know Zimmerman no, I, and Upton and all yeah. that kind of stuff. He and, was unreasonable to a wonderful degree, selfishly. Yes. But I'm not even asking for that. No. But I'm just saying you made one big promise, and we have mountains of evidence. We have a lot more evidence, and we have buildings built down there of these promises being made, and they are all for one, all for one that had absolutely nothing to do with COVID. Here we are, almost four years after promise number two. And there's no evidence that they're going to keep that promise. I'm not saying the, the story's been written. We're still in Chapter 7 of a 10-chapter book of that promise. But it's not looking good. See, if Mike Gillich was alive, you know who they'd get right now? Who? Rio Malto. I would think they would actually trade for Lindor and resign him. That's what I think they would do. I think he would say, you know, trade one of those prospects, and I'm going to give Lindor a nine-year hey, deal. Rio is a, a, a free agent. Their catching is ridiculously bad. Yeah. I, I could see them going. He'd, he'd for be him. the perfect. He's person. one of the top, you know, two or three free agents yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. I, I happen to not be a big Lemayhu guy. A lot of people wanted him. It's, just, it's like two good years. But anyway, I, the, the point is, I just have no, no basis to believe him. I'm just curious. You're saying you're taking a wait and see approach, but tell me now. We're sitting here almost at the end of 2020. How many games are they going to win this year? No, I don't care about that. I care about your general trust. Do you trust Chris Illich? Do you believe in your heart of hearts? That we're going to be sitting here a year from now, you're going to come back on the show, and we're going to talk I, about I, I think if they believe that they're somewhat close to contending, he'll spend because, granted, assuming COVID's over, because he knows that he can fill the ballpark, or at least he thinks he can fill the ballpark, and make a lot of money elsewhere. That's the only reason he would do it. 
So the prospects don't pan out basically is the perfect excuse to just never spend. Because no. if, if two or three of these guys slam out, suddenly you got nothing. Yeah, and it, it's so funny. Like people talk about the draft with the Tigers. And I actually talked about this with Torkelson when everyone said, you absolutely have to draft Torkelson because you have all these pitchers already. I agreed with drafting Torkelson, but only because he was the best player, not because right. we had to have a hitter. You say we have all these pitchers. For all we know, we have zero. Exactly. So, <laughs> somebody could get Tommy John. Somebody yeah. you know, We don't know. Yeah, That's, I mean, none of these Baseball, guys. I mean, hockey too, but baseball more than any is the biggest crapshoot there is. Oh, the draft is a joke. Oh, I know. It's a total, it's just a total joke. And they really have to hit on their picking, what, third overall. This is an interesting draft for them because it's a, the top two prospects are pitchers. So you're in a situation where with the third overall pick, you're actually in a good spot because you're going to get either one of the top two pitching arms that everybody oh. loves or you're going to get the, the best, best hitter team. in the draft. Right. So, I mean, that's a good position to be in. Like, it's a lot better than picking fourth. It's and a, they get the second what, supplemental pick at the end of the first yeah, round. Yeah, too. which is like a fringe first-round pick, basically. Yeah. So, anyway, I just I have concerns. Even you are saying, basically, he's not going to spend uh, unless they're on the doorstep. And mm-hmm. if, they're, if these prospects don't pan out, I don't know. I have a lot of concerns with them. But, yeah. anyway. So at that, least we have a good manager, I think. They hired the best manager in baseball. Yeah. And that was that's encur- comforting. That right? was an encouraging sign. And okay, I said that. so 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 far, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I think he's nothing like his dad. I don't think he'll spend money like his dad. But I'll give him one thing uh, two things. He did somehow convince Eiserman to come back. Because I we had heard that there was no that they hated each other, that Eiserman didn't respect Chris Silich. We had heard a lot of that stuff. Obviously, it's not true, or he said, I don't care. And he got he got AJ Hinch, so that's I heard all that stuff good. too. It's good. It's, we had um, John Wharton on the show, you know, a while back. Was a Red Wings trainer for a long time, and mm-hmm. I mean, he used to like, you know, give Chris Illich massages and stretch him out and stuff, and had a really good relationship with him. And he said those guys loved each other and were would talk in the halls and stuff. So it's like I actually heard the same thing that you did too yeah. over the years that they hated each other. I, I that was contradicted, and it's contradicted by the evidence. But you know, either way. I have said that publicly where, in my opinion, Chris Illich has hired the best GM in hockey to run his hockey team and the best manager in baseball to manage his baseball Pretty close. Team. One of the, you know, definitely tops in both. I no think one, I think number, I there's no one I would rather have in either sport for either role. That's just me. Yeah. But even even sort of objectively. Whatever, yeah. They, everyone has them in the top five. Yes. You know, both of them in the top five. Right. So, Which leads us to a team that needs both, a general manager and a coach. Right? Yeah, well, the, we can, let's, let's do like. Four minutes on them. <laughs> Look, I don't know, you know, where you stood on the Tua thing. I never caught your position on that. I thought they should have drafted Tua. That was what my understanding was for where you stood. Yeah, I John knew- Jansen said he, he would have drafted Herbert. He was a Herbert guy. I whatever Herbert's gone down lately, but yes. I will say if Herbert actually ends up being good, it'll be one of my worst whiffs ever because I I went on Twitter repeatedly after watching him in college and was yeah. like I don't see it. No. I just he guys missing guys wide open and the game against Michigan State the bowl game he looked like the worst quarterback in the country. And look, I thought I looked thought after they didn't I said all right at least Akuda's good. Wow, I'm now mean, look I understand look. it takes a year. I mean I'm not going to say he's been a no one yet. no. Well, he's been a bust in year one. Right. Again, it's, it's, we still have time. Yeah. But and in fairness, no OTAs and all that crap. see, there it is. There's but, a lot of guys that have no OTAs that are not getting beaten like a drum. He yeah. is a tease Tabor level grade with pro football focus. Not saying Right PFS. now, I know, but he wasn't going in, though, was he? Well, no. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so it, it, it made sense if you weren't going to take a quarterback it was either him or Derek Brown, no, right? I, I, I went on this show and railed against this repeatedly going up to that, and the clips are out there. I said that you had 
two doors to go through. You draft Tua. Or you, you trade down. Or you trade down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we agree and, there. Yeah. And, and the one thing, I was okay with trading down and taking Derek Brown at six or five. You know, the, the, the Dolphins got to just sit there. The Dolphins had all this draft capital. And the reason they got away with just sitting on their ass at five and getting them is because nobody believed. The Lions didn't even go through the dog and pony show. Nobody believed it. They should have been planting right. those seeds all over town. Plus, even if they did take Tua, I think the, the Dolphins would have been happy with Herbert. So they didn't have to do anything. No, no. It was the Chargers if they really wanted a quarterback. That's true. And they had a lot of options. My position was I wanted my, – my door that I wanted was draft to – he's the backup to Stafford for a year. Stafford's yes, basically untradeable. Which I still think they should do this year. Well, they can't draft to a now. No, but, but whoever, <laughs> Zach know. Wilson, I know. Trask. I Trask is the most accurate. He has he doesn't have very much mobility, but he's the most accurate. Well, Mac Tra- Jones, you can't tell because he's got Indiana, Trask Alabama be receivers. A, Trask might be a second or third round. I mean, Trask is like I know that's sixth ring quarterback that's right what he's, I know. But, but, yeah, because they all love Trey Lance. I saw him play in that one game. Yeah, My I mean, God. Either way, whatever the quarterback is, they, sh- they blew it. Right. They should have they should have traded down and taken the best defensive player available at six or five or eight or yes. whatever the you know it was. But it would have been it might have been Okuda. That would have been fine. I mean, I I just didn't want a cornerback at three. There's a reason I why I agree. why why are the Lions deciding to be the first team to draft a cornerback since Sean Springs, Springs in nineteen ninety seven? Because TTL. They're the Lions. Yeah, well they're a joke and they blew it and I don't So get who do you how, who do you want to be the GM and the coach? Or do you only think it matters? Well, no, I don't think it matters, but, you know, we still have to have the discussion as sports fans, right? I mean, the GM, people that are sitting here saying, oh, I want this guy or that guy for the GM, nobody fucking knows. Coaching, I think, is easier to to have an opinion. No one knows. Like, Bob Quinn checked every box and had the credentials, and he he actually wasn't even a disaster. He was mediocre. He He wasn't Matt Millen. You know, there's been he worse. He was pretty bad. Okay, well, I, I, I mean, think you he, mentioned T's table. That whole draft. I think well, he was Jared a, Davis, T's table. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Galladay was pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's you had know, a couple. Frank Ragnow has been really good. Decker's hey, been good. I think yeah, Bob Quinn good. was a C, C minus, uh, mediocre. Not saying he's good. Not defending no, him. He he should have gone and did go. And his biggest mistake was not the personnel. It was the coach he chose to tie his wagon to. Right. But I the GM thing. I'm not going to sit here and be like, here's my hot because take. Because you don't GM. know. Like I like Borgonzi from from Kansas City. I'd be fine. He's got the credentials. I don't right, fucking know. Exa- but you know, you know what? It's the same thing with the coach, the coordinators. I know. How do you know Salah's going to be good? How do we know that you know Arthur Smith of Tennessee be enemy? If you're be enemy, you ain't coming here. You want Deshaun Watson or Justin Deshaun. Herbert, right? Yeah, I'm convinced he's going to Deshaun or yeah. might replace Anthony Lynn. Like yes, said. exactly. Yeah. I mean, why would anybody come here? Except I, you have uh, well, good loyal owners. Oh, there's a lot of reasons to come here. Money, and there's only 32 of these jobs I, in the world. No, I mean, I'm talking about those guys. The, the I mean, top I mean, the enemy. Yeah. Who's going to be, you know. Well, I happen to know Robert Sala would walk here, and we've talked oh, about Oh, I know that. Yeah, well, we've, we've talked, talked to, to Masala. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, well, more than Masala. Right. <laughs> but, right. Uh, yeah, Masala and somebody else. Masala talks about it openly. But, uh, yeah, there's another person in that social circle that we've had conversations with. But Sala would walk here. And everyone said, oh, that's, you know, the Brady Hoke thing. Who cares? I mean, I it's, it, it's irrelevant. It's, it, it doesn't matter. The point you, is, you think he'd be good because he's energy. He gives you high energy, but you don't know. No, no one knows. But I feel like I'm a little more informed than I don't see what some guy does in a scouting box. I don't know how much Bob Quinn had to do with any of their right, scouting. Know. You know, we on the coaching staff. I can look at your scheme. I can look at your body language, how players respond to you. I can have a more how about informed. That, how, about, how about this question? My, I'm not going to tell you my answer, but suppose, which is possible, knowing the way my brethren are, that Doug Peterson gets fired. 
I'd be fine with it. Would you hire Doug Peterson over Sala? Probably. Probably. Just because I've it's tough though. The Eagles have underachieved what like three of the five years he's been there. I, I mean, wouldn't, if, I wouldn't say three. I'd say two maybe. Okay. I mean, this year you're more the Philly guy. So, but but like Wentz got hurt last year too. I mean, and then I mean he was. He's that's the biggest. Oh my year. God, it's incredible. I, but he's got no offensive line. Yeah. I think he's shell shocked. I think he has no confidence. The other thing with Peterson is he doesn't have Frank Reich. Yeah, and that hurts. He yeah. was a huge part of their yeah. offense Dude. and their scheme. I, I don't know. I think that's almost a coin flip. I mean, if I had to say, I would take Doug Peterson because players do seem to like him, and he's got yes. the Super Bowl chops, and we've seen it. And he's I from think, the Andy Reid tree, and that helps. Yes. That definitely helps. But I do like Salah, and I don't. So think, do I. I don't think Peterson's in play. No, um, you know. So well, with not what, now, he's not. Well, sure. I don't think he will be in play, but we'll see. He might be. You you have your finger more on the pulse of Philly sports than I do. But yeah. with guys that we presume will be available, I know Sal uh, is available. I mean, right. if the Lions want him, Salah, he's Arthur coming. Smith, who I think is very underrated at Tennessee. I mean, I know. I mean, Jansen said when he when he was playing for the Redskins, they were the Redskins back then. Uh, Sal, uh, Arthur Smith was like an offensive lineman at some small college or whatever, and his father, Arthur Smith's father, like is the owner of FedEx. So he would go up to FedEx and he would like absorb everything, even as a player. And he's worked his way. I mean, and he's done a really good job. He's made Ryan Tannehill really good. Now it helps if you have Derrick Henry, but like I said, coordinators, you don't have no idea how if he's a leader or not. The big thing I think they need to do is hire someone with a brain, obviously, but the the focus needs to be a player's coach. And I normally don't get into the the whole oh you got to get Marvin a player's Lewis? coach. But uh, Marvin Lewis would be better than what we just had. Yes. At least he got to the playoffs every year. Right. I, I like a lion. I, mean, I like. On a I, I, I love. We're I, looking down on the Bengals. They right. Were, they I like saying, Patricia a lot personally. He's been. He's done some stuff for us that uh, me, per, you know, for charities and things. And but he just it was time. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Lewis was zero and eight in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I know. You know why the Lions aren't zero and eight in the playoffs in my lifetime? Because <laughs> they haven't been eight times. So give me that over this bullshit. Eight times? I love. Yeah, it? you're right. If it's 0 and 7, 0 and 8, whatever it was, yeah. a hell of a lot more times in the Lions right. than in the playoffs since I've been born. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking down on Marvin Lewis. I that he's the end all be all. But you have to do a reparative approach in my taking a reparative born, approach. 87. All right. So nope. I think they've made it eight times since you've been born. No, I don't think so. Okay. So, 90, uh, 87, you said? Yeah. Okay. So, no, they didn't make it 87. 91. Okay. Uh, the Sterling Sharp game is two. Right? Sure. Okay. The year after when Barry had negative one yards. Yep. Uh, the game where they went to Washington after Barry retired, that's four. Uh, Schwartz, two, yeah, six, I think. Okay. Seven, it, seven. Had, had, did, they, did, did they make seven or eight in the period that Marvin Lewis was a coach for the no, Bengals? No, no, now, now we're down no, to two. No. So, now the Vock and Red Bull starting this to is, shake This is in. a terrible deviation. The point is they have, they have to have a reparative approach because yes. they have I, – I have never seen – so much negativity on someone's way out the door where even Adrian Peterson, who's got the big million dollar smile and yeah, we're, we're, I'm trying hard and I'm going to play till I'm 56 years old. And I, even he came out was it today or yesterday and said, Oh yeah, we're actually having fun for the first time this season. They yeah. interviewed him today. I mean, even Adrian Peterson, who, I mean, beats the shit out of his kid, but it's like with the media, the nicest guy ever. Mm-hmm. And even he's jumping on the pile. It, 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 Matt Patricia has been stomped into the earth's core by his former players, and that stuff matters 
the guys in the league didn't want to come here unless they already had the Patriot connection. Right. And they had the relationship with Patricia, and they were already sort of pre-trained into that nightmare uh, organization. It's not a fun place to play. No. I can't remember who it was on the Eagles that right after they beat the Patriots, the guy said, like, yeah, they, they just don't have fun over there. Oh, it was like, Lane Johnson, I think. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. And now He's wearing the dog mask at the time. Probably. Right, exactly, But it, which is only like the second silliest someone's ever looked at a sports football-related <laughs> event. You being at a <laughs> Matt Patricia press conference where he's calling out Mike Ross yeah. and you're wearing, a, was it a disco stew? It was, it was a disco shirt <laughs> and a, like a huge wig. Yeah. And as soon as he went after Rothstein, I Trying to take the wig off because I didn't want to look like a complete buffoon. I, the, the fact that Matt Patricia, but I wore it to work that day. That's why I was I no. Wasn't, I know you didn't dress up for the press no. conference, but the fact the fact that uh, Matt Patricia is railing against Mike Rothstein for his lack of professionalism while you're six feet away in a disco stew outfit was mm. how how you escaped I know. the score. <laughs> it's like I'm sure Patricia was 17 minutes late for that press conference, like you was 17 minutes late or more for every meeting he ever called. You know it's bad when you're late to the meeting that you called, but either way they have to do some serious repairs. And and we're way over on the Lions. I'm, I'm okay. You know, that's, that's what's next. Pistons? What, no. Okay. We do something fun called the speed round. Okay. Where this is something you would like in your Mount Rushmore hamburger days. Okay. Where this is a little lighter, a little sillier. Mr. Joe's. It's not word association, but it's similar. I just throw a topic, a question at you. And you can say, you know, one to six sentences on it. You know, we're not doing 10 minutes on each. All right. Okay. And you can just react. We'll start out right at the gate. Somewhat relevant to what we're talking about with, you know, your content and people you've had on the show. I'm curious who is the favorite person you have ever interviewed? Wow. That's a great question. I've been asked that a lot. And I always forget. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite interviews of it all time. It can be one of your favorites. That's fine. All right. One of my favorite interviews was, unfortunately, Wojo was not a part of it. Um... Aaron Ward was, though. We were in Lake Tahoe at the celebrity golf thing that they have every year. And they used to invite like two or three stations from the country to go. And we're in the driving range. And I'm interviewing, we're interviewing Charles Barkley. And Lambeer just comes off 18. And he comes on with Barkley at the same time. That to me, oh, that's was, pretty cool. it, was, it was great. And, and Barkley said, you know, at least Lambeer wasn't fake. Oh, yeah. I, Bill Lambeer is a, it's one of my favorite Detroit sports figures ever because the guy just says exactly. You can still pull up his old interviews. He's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, yeah. why, why would I shake their hand? Why would I do that? I know. Why would I even think about it? Like, it's just, he makes no apology. Yeah, he was, that, that was a terrific interview. I mean, look, I, it, when you've done it for shit, even if you want to go back to the uh, Sunday sports album days of 1988, do the math. It's a long time. Um, those days, I mean, we used to have great guests. On I don't know. We've had so many. There's a lot. A lot of them are fun. Uh, Vital was always good. Bert Sugar when he called me Stanley instead of Stony. That's always a classic. Yep. You've had some good ones. You've had some doozies. I'm curious uh, for the flip side of that, and that'll be the next one. The worst interview you have been part of. Uh, Bruce Arians was awful. It was in the morning. Tell he was, people who Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is, is the know. head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was uh, head coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. He was promoting a book. And <laughs> Jamie just, like, hated it. And it was bad, but it was, he just was not into it. Uh, with all due respect to um, this Detroit legend, 
Thomas Hearns is just a lot of times. Last time we had him on, you could really couldn't understand what he was saying. Hey, he's got a little bit of the Lou Whitaker thing going on, where it's like I just listen to you for ten minutes and I know less about you. Than, it's, I <laughs> Lou know. was it Lou? I mean, we had Lou on when he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. He had his jersey retired. He was pretty. It was actually good, but he kept going. There have been some interviews like like Bill Walton. Bill Walton was one of my favorites we did. Stony and Wojo looking through the kaleidoscope of life. And he was one of those guys, you, had, you know, 20 minutes with him, and you, you asked him three questions, and he just, you know. He was all talking. over the place. He's always been all over yeah. the place. I happen to love him. He's so, so do I. He's so polar. And, 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 and it's incredible that probably the most successful of all the guys we ever worked with at the radio station, Dave Pash, you know. He's Walton's side. I mean, he does, he handles Walton perfectly. I don't know how do you handle Walton perfectly. That's that's a car I don't want to steer. <laughs> I, mean, I love him. I love watching. Did you other did you drive. did you watch him this past week when he was doing the Maui Classic, which is being played? No, in but North everybody Carolina, was talking about it. And he man, was in Maui, it. and he's there. The game's going on. And he's talking about. He's got Bruce Hornsby on talking about Jerry Garcia. The game's going on. <laughs> it, it was great. I loved it. I love that. I was back in the seventies in Boston, and you know we were dripping acid. It was wild. Like yeah. he he talks about this stuff that has nothing to do with basketball at all. Right. It's like the, he he just he forgets that he's calling a basketball game. It's just. Well, like, well I'll tell you who's a, a tough interview. Most of the time is Harbaugh. Well, yeah, he was actually on the graphic that Ben pulled up for this one just with the, the famous Colin Coward snafu. I mean, it was like an eight-minute snafu, but there's the graphic again. That was a total train wreck. God, that was an awkward interview. Yeah, yeah. and this, this is actually a still from – it was uh, Media Row in the Super Bowl week, and this was actually their second one where they were kind of like laughing about how bad the first one was because the first right. one was via phone. But one of the worst interviews I've ever heard in my well, life. Well, we had to change because the first year – we did it. It was me and Bill. And then we started with Jamie. And Michigan, to their credit, said, you know what? And it was a pain in the ass, but we did it. It'll be better if you come out to Ann Arbor to do it face-to-face. And he's right, because he's got this cadence. And if you don't know when he's going to – and even when you talk to him like this, you're not sure when he's done. Uh, but over the phone, it was, it's, just, it's just brutal. He's yeah. just a – he's not a bad guy. He's a strange guy. He's an he's very eccentric. I know, you know, probably irresponsible of me to say this, but you know, whatever. You don't have to agree. There are people up there on that campus that mm-hmm. I know who believe he's been hit in the head too many times. Who believe he's either exactly either has some cognitive decline. Yes, the former Philadelphia sports arena. He's not on that. He's he's or a little, off it. Yeah, right. He's got and there. I've heard kind of two takes on it. One that it's some kind of brain damage or conversely that he was kind of always on the spectrum to some regard i you know i've never met him i don't know right. like the people that know him and work with him every day they're like he's he is off he's a weird guy yes so anyway moving to detroit sports off the college stuff for a second here this is my favorite topic to talk about because there's no wrong answer next detroit team to win a title oh my there's God. there's cases you're taking all the sports talk radio topics we've been beat to there, death uh, there's all um, there's cases for all four God, it's so hard. The difference is I'm not doing 28 minutes and I know. having Bill from Taylor call in. I'm, I'm talking to the master here for 48 seconds. I'd say Tigers. Why? Be- on the blind faith that their pitching is going to come through and what we talked about before, they're going to make the right move and get some hitting. Fair enough. I because think, the Pistons, yeah. I, who knows whether their draft choices, I think it's – it's going to take time. I don't think it's a major free agent destination for NBA players. Nope. Uh, 
A lot of people say the Red Wings because they believe in Eisenman, and I get it, but they're so far away, I think, because they were, well, the Tigers were bad too. And the Lions just, yeah, they, you know, teams go from worst to first in the NFL all the time, but not us. That's the one argument for the Lions is just that it's the easiest the league inherently yes. to jump. Yeah. So that's why you can't take them out. Even well, though well it it's seems like so looking rude. into this season, who ha- you said, okay, who's, who's the best team of our four? And it was by far going into the season. You thought it was the Lions. Oh, yeah. Just odds to make the playoffs. Yes. I mean, we're right. literally in Vegas, the best to win the division yeah, exactly. in their respective sport. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's they, they had the most in place, and they looked good before Stafford went down and the year tanked. But I don't know. My answer is the Red Wings for the exact reason you said. I think they have the best GM in hockey, and I think the GM's important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I th- I've seen them build a champion, even though he Yes, Eiserman is better than Avila. Yes, we Yeah, well, I know. It's very stiff competition. Mm-hmm. This one, a little silly. This is what I'm personally interested in now for you. Oh, it's De- Al, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? It's De Niro. And, and the reason being, he can do more roles than, more diverse roles than Pacino. And also, I'm, I'm biased because I think Raging Bull is the greatest sports movie ever made. That's number one. He was great in Midnight Run, Goodfellas. Now, he went off the board and is doing, now he's doing roles that are kind of weird. You know, he's cooked. like he's done the, now. like the you know the intern or whatever that. But he was great in Meet the Fockers. Pacino, I mean, look, great Michael Corleone, Serpico. Obviously, his you know they're very equal on the back stuff. The the new stuff. I mean, even if he, it's not even new, Dick Tracy was he really good in Dick Tracy. You know, a lot of the stuff he's done lately. Ooha! I mean, I mean, I think he won an award for that. I, I just don't think he's great anymore. So I'll go with De Niro, but it's, it's, it's fair. I yeah. don't think either of them are good anymore. I think they're no, both. They're, 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 they're basically caricatures of themselves. Yeah, exactly. And which it, shows Nicholson to yeah, a certain extent. That's fair. I, I think I, I think Nicholson is a little more in the tank. So who do you think's gold. the best actor right now? Ooh, that's tough. You know, my friend Chris Castellani thinks that Robert Pattinson, the Twilight guy, is like the best actor in the history of the world. Oh, that's come on, tough. Chris. I, get back to your Tigers, please. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's watching too. Yeah. I, he, he, I lo- he does a great job. Oh, he's phenomenal. He really does. He's so talented, and I, I'm dying to get him back in here. He's in such high demand, though. Like every asshole asks him to be on their show because he's so good and, and brings so much. But he's actually my favorite baseball the guy to talk to. Yes. Tony Paul are just the best uh, for that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a big uh, Tom Hardy guy. I don't think he, you can't give he's him. He's underrated. Like, right. I, I'll tell you, maybe I'm just saying this because my daughter loves him. Well, she loves Tom. Um, what the hell is his name? Tom Holland, but DiCaprio. I mean, what role does he do that he's bad in? None. Overrated. Really? Yeah. No, overrated. Not saying he's bad. He's a B, B plus, and he's like treated like an A. He's an A list star, but I mean, like the grade, the critical grading of him. I don't know. The part most overrated. It's Ben Affleck. Well, yeah, no, but he's not even rated. Uh, the Wolf People, of Wall yeah. Street. I, th- I mean, DiCaprio does. I mean, even though I hated it's, Titanic, I didn't hate it, but I thought it was, he was really good in. I mean, he's, no, he's good. He's good. he's good in everything. He was great in The Revenant. By the way, you know what? You know, what movie I watched a little while last night. I watched forty-five minutes because it was on one of my favorite movies of all time, Reservoir Dogs. It's a classic. Oh, it was great. I, we could do a six-hour show on Tarantino. I <laughs> Although I haven't, I haven't seen all of them, which pisses me off. Yeah. Well, I look, I've never seen Star Wars, so I'm a douche. What? Yeah, never saw it. It's, I get, it gets to the point where, you know what, I'm going to die on that sword. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Jesse Ventura, you know, he's never had a cell phone. And it's, he's to the point where he's like, now I kind of want one, but I've gone so far. Right, I know, that's, why, like, that's why I am with, with yeah, Star Wars. Well, that's right? fine. I, I think that's weird, especially for someone in your 
generation, but whatever. It was kind of big when you were a young adult. But anyway, this Glad one, you said young adult, not young kid. You're yeah. welcome. This one might be tough for you off the top of your head, but who is the best follow on Twitter? If someone's starting their Twitter account, what's wow. the first account they have to follow? Not the best journalist, although it could be the same answer. You can just follow one guy. Who are you following? Other than me. We all know I'm number one, but who's runner up? Jeez, God, that's a great question. I follow a lot of people. <laughs> I'll take some of my favorites that are not, you know, obviously, you know, you want breaking news, you get Woj. Not not Wojo, but, you know, Wojnarski. yeah. yeah. Um, and Schefter, and you know, you follow those. But I love, I mean, he changed his name back to his real name, Fake Phil or whatever, Fake Phil Coke, whatever the hell he was used to Phil, Phil Coke's, Coke's brain. brain. That was great. Uh, sure. Fake Bill Walton, Faux Bo Pelini was great. I, 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 I love So you like the corny, like the pointy one was actually funny. I think Phil Coke's brain is like one of the worst fouls ever. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, um, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I, Oh, who else is there? That's fine. You can go with the Phil Coke's brain guy. You don't have to. You no, don't have to, he I wouldn't mean, be my favorite, but he's just a, the, a list. I like the, the fake accounts. I think they're pretty funny. Back, but the, have you seen the three-year Letterman guy? The his accounts, the three-year Letterman. No. He's, he's like a fake youth football coach. It's a total caricature. I don't know. Oh, they. Well, done. I love freezing cold takes. Well, I yeah, mean, that's, that's one of the best ones. Oh, yeah. There's also hockey fifty years ago today that. I just I'll have to lo- check that one out. I just love. Does Bolegian run that one? No, hockey is no. He's too young. Oh yeah, it's I mean, great for me. I can talk about the Great Depression. I wasn't in the breadline, so <laughs> this will be the last one for our speed round. Mm-hmm. A selfish indulgence, to say the least. Most under well, most underrated God. Bruce Springsteen song. Whew. All right, I want to give you three. Go ahead. Uh one is my second favorite Springsteen song of all time, and that's For You from the first album, okay. and especially when he does it slow acoustic on the piano. Other one is Murder Incorporated. Okay. And the third, believe it or not, would be from the band without the U Street band back in the Leap of Faith. All good wouldn't be on my list. I could give you the entire Devils and Dust I know, you, album, I mean, which you hate. No, I don't and, hate. No, I like it better than Tom Joad as far as that well, slow Nobody stuff. likes Tom Joad. Tom Joad was bad. Did you like Nebraska? Yeah, I like yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska. If you ever well, I'll look- tell you, know, you know what actually is underrated? When he did Open All Night with the Seeger Sessions yes. band. That was yeah. un- Did you see like, that concert at Pine Knob? So yes. So good. It was great because, all right, here we go, a little self-serving. Yeah. That was in the summer of... Oh five, oh six, something like that, and that spring break is when I met him for the first time in Atlantis. So I had my kids with me, and they gave him, a, and they had a frogs with them because he would do that song. Froggy was a courting or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And at the end, somebody threw a whoever the drum. I don't see. I, I don't even know who was in the band back then. That that we the kids got a drumstick, and we were sitting right on the stage. And, you know, he's hanging out at the back. I'm sitting there, Atlantis, Atlantis. And he, like, waved like he remembered. But he, it's like, that was, the highlight actually was asking the first, and I gagged because I had to correct myself. The, and I, I'll thank somebody who, you know, Mike Valenti ripped here. Bill Keenest at the Super Bowl. Let me have the, he was in charge. I had the first question to Bruce at the, uh. Oh, press conference. That's why this the story comes out. That's why you're so soft on Bill Keenest. No, it's because no, he he got you no, to the front of the line. He no, got you the no, fast no, Disney no. Fast Pass no, to the Springsteen Q and A. And I gagged because I said, 
I said, who decides? I mean, how do you decide? He never heard me how. He just heard who decides what you play in concerts. And he gave the greatest answer that was played everywhere. Who decides? Uh, others may cajole, whatever, but the boss decides. The boss decides. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I would think that's what I would think, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, for, for the three people that care about my take on it, there's a lot I could say, but Metamorphosis Banks, Devils and Dust is the most underrated. Nobody talks about it. It's a phenomenal song. It's a good and song. Like that alone like made me like care more about the border and you know the crossing across and, the border. And, and people and are it just it's 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 a incredible that was song. on Tom Joad right across the border, that song. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, but the the whole Devils and Dust album right. highly underrated, uh, no matter what you say. Justin uh, likes it. Reno, check the uh, lyrics. Yeah, the yeah, Reno's an interesting song. If you like songs about <laughs> prostitutes and, Yes. Know, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a whole other sorry, we've we've lost our our audience here, but the Springsteen audience is probably loving it. But so we'll, Yeah, he's on Fallon tonight. Is he? Yes. See, you got the Springsteen, you know, have you seen the Broadway, Broadway show? Yes, I did. Yeah, you know, I, I it was had, great. I had plans it was much to go. Better. Did you watch it on Netflix? No. I refuse. I want to see it. I want to no, see you it can't. I know, I, I know, know. You I know. should watch it. It's not as good as when it was live, even though it's still, you know, It's like Hamilton. Acoustics. You know, Hamilton was good, you know. Hamilton was great. Yeah. Have you seen Hamilton live? Yeah. Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, so was... anyway, are you back Monday with your show? Yes. Are you going to be talking about hamburgers or um, Ham, um, ice cream trucks? Well, we won't be like talking that? about Michigan-Ohio State, that's for sure. Yeah, disappointment. Um, hopefully Michigan State will give Penn State a good game. And the Lions will give us something to talk about. No, I won't be talking. We won't talk about hamburgers. We'll talk about uh, maybe, maybe Jansen went out hunting this weekend because he didn't have a football game to do. Jansen's a smart guy, John. He really, he's, he's really good. Calls. And, you know, we should talk about, you know, this has been such a, I can say this, this has been a fucked up year. Yep. I mean, I know, I mean, the whole Jamie shit just, just, just it just sucked so bad. I mean, look, just to give everybody a little synopsis that didn't know, we, he told us, I guess, January of 19. And so he would go after the shows on every other Wednesday and get, you know, chemo or whatever. But it never affected him, at least outwardly. And he would come in every day. And then when COVID happened, he did the show from home. And I still go in the studio every day. I don't want to, I, I got to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, as you know. Um, but. And it just, and it wasn't until the end where, you know, I was on vacation up north and because I'm addicted to Twitter and my phone, I started seeing, uh, why is this Rieger and Gov or whatever? And so I would text him and he wouldn't text back, which, you know, a lot of times that was tough. But, and then he finally called me and said, you know, I'm having some problems, nothing serious, but I had to go to be in the hospital in Ann Arbor for a little bit, whatever. And then when I got home and whatever, and he said, you know, I'm going to come on the air Monday, he emailed everybody and, you know, tell everybody what you guys have known for over a year. And he sounded, you know, obviously a little, it was tough then. And, you know, we're watching it on the Zoom because that's the only way we can do any type of right, eye contact. Right. Um, and then, so he didn't sound great. He did like 25 minutes, two segments. And then that Tuesday, myself, Woj, Dan Miller, Jennifer Hammond, Evan Jenkins, who runs the website. He's a great, he does a great job, Evan, by the way. Big state fan. Big state fan. Well, maybe King I'll the, have him in. King of the KC, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and Will Birchfield, who also does really, he's a really good, he's 
he does really good writing, Willie. And he's on Channel 2 all the time, too, Fox 2. Anyway, so we go to Jamie's house. And originally, we were going to hang out in the backyard. And Christy says, um, I don't think he has enough strength to come back. He'd rather, you know, we have chairs in the bedroom. So, you know, we were talking, joking for about 50, 20 minutes, and he gave her the, the nod. And you know, basically, you know, I love you guys and all that kind of stuff. And I got home. And I said to Cindy, I said, my wife, I said, I'm not sure I'm ever going to see him again. And that was the first time I saw him since COVID. So this was in, you know, late July, early August. COVID, you know, I think his last time in the studio was in March sometime. So that was a, so that was a Tuesday. And then Saturday, we're at a uh, DFM. And 97 golf outing, and he, and, he, and he passes away. And... He, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, Jamie was, uh, Jamie's vanilla and all that. Jamie was one of, uh, Jamie was the smartest guy that I ever worked with. Well, just pretty smart too. So those two, Jamie had this little sarcastic, quick wit that nobody really got. And, you know, I've known him obviously since, nine, since DFN started in 94. He had the perfect blend of humor and professionalism. Yeah. And I really appreciated it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say my part. Uh, yeah, he was, he, was, he was the greatest. He was smart as hell. Certainly a hell of a lot smarter than me, and you can say that by the colleges we went to. It was, it was weird to me that, um, you know, in a, in a good way, that that was so bottled up, that this had been going on for over a year, and it's oh, yeah. like... I, well, that's the way, you, you know, you can't, and, I, you know, that's the one thing I kind of thought we were going to get into tonight. Maybe we still can, whatever. Um, that's who he was. It's like, if it was me, and not because I want to make it about me, my life and part of my, quote, success is because I let people into my life. They know about the kids. They know about when I used to do cocaine a lot and shit like that, whatever. Um, that, that's who I am. If, if it happened to me, I probably would have shared it immediately. You yeah. know, go, you know, but then, and, and there's, no, there's no right or wrong. It's just you have to be who you are. And that's the way Jamie was, and he handled it perfectly, and it's just 48 years old. I mean, it just freaking sucks. And where, where was the point with him where, I mean, you, you mentioned you saw him the last time and you thought that might be the last time. Where was the point where you realized he's probably not going to, to beat it? Was it any time before No, that? no. I, you know, to the end, you thought he could yeah. bounce back? Yeah, because he never showed any sign. He was tennis. Yes, I mean, like two he never showed he any sign. I mean, eventually you figure a few years, maybe. Yeah, you know, because of the history of of of, of right. you know, cancer. But you know, no. I mean, have you ever heard my Jamie story? How the one time he and I had an extended interaction. Was it the killer? Was it a killer event? No, it was not. Any, I, I saw him at killer events, but that was not an extended interaction. I'll go real quick, but it, it reflects very nicely on him. It was years ago. I was. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna fuck up the year, but that's okay. I do that all the time. Oh six or something. I don't know. I mean, I was like newly in college or right at the end of high school. I can't remember. He was still on DFN. You are a baby. He was on DFN with Brady, and they had an auction um, for a bunch of. It was like a charity auction and a bunch of items. They had you know Herman Moore sign helmet or whatever the fuck. And one of the items was a 
studio sit-in. Right. Now, at that point in my life, you know, late high school, early college, I was full on the radio train. This right. is what I wanted to do. I wanted to like be Ooh, Stoney and Wojo. Jamie Samuelson. No, 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 not with him. <laughs> I would have actually been more psyched for a sit-in with like Stoney and Wojo. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, I was kind of neutral on right. Jamie. I didn't dislike him or right. like him. Um, but uh, you know, my dad knew I was a big Detroit sports radio guy. Listen to all you guys and. He, it was uh, for a birthday present, birthday or Christmas, whatever it was, for a present for me, bid on it. And it was a charity thing. It was a nice thing. Um, but you know, I had um, an association with a website that the radio station did not appreciate. And um, the- We did it. Early on, we did. Not at this point. Okay. <laughs> Early so on, we did. Because I mean, of- they used to be at our radio thon. Oh, I know. Was, I, I know. But because of that association, yeah. it, and, you know, this was- a decade and a half ago, so right. I may have some details wrong, but I don't think it was anything that I said. No. I mean, it may have been, but I, I think it was just the association um, that they basically reneged on the prize. That they're, uh, I'm not going to name the poor guy because he was very apologetic and I've talked to him since. And But they're, they're sort of mad station. Not a dime. He, who? What? No. Anyway, he said that. Um, Something of currency? He basically stiffed me um, and, and stiffed us. We had paid for it. It was paid for. And it was for a charity thing. And they said, we're not going to go through it. We're not going to honor it. Like, tough shit, basically. And I can't remember if I wrote an article about what happened or somebody else on that website wrote an article about what happened. I honestly can't remember. But there was an article written about this dilemma that we had. And we took it through emails and phone calls. We didn't, like, jump right to the public. Right. We, we were trying to back channel. And like, look, right. I'm not going to do anything. I'm like a 17-year-old right. kid. What am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there and listen and, you right. know, whatever. And um, so we wrote the article after getting no luck with their prize guy and the station manager. And Jamie sees the article and emailed me and asked for my number because uh, my email was public with the website and emailed me and said, hey, you know, can I get your number? Jamie Samson, can I give you a call at that Jam Sam account or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And I gave him my cell. Jam Sam 22. Yeah. And he, he, he loved Will Clark. And he called me within like 10 seconds of me returning the email. Just said, hey, you know, Justin, Jamie Samuelson, um, I didn't know about any of this. Like, I don't run the contest. Like, we read off the items. Right. I have no idea, like, who's honoring what. Or I didn't know that you had won it. I'd be happy to have you in. Like, give me some dates. And, like, you know, I want to make sure I'm here so you get me in, Greg. It's not a fill-in or whatever. But give me some dates that would work for you. And, like, you got it. No problem. And, you know, I got back to him. It was like a week or two later I went in. He and, and Greg could not have been nicer. Jamie That's was good. very courteous. Yeah. And, and just, you know, he shook. He, it wasn't his fault. He had no. nothing to do with them reneging on. I didn't even know about it. But, you know, shook my hand and said, hey, you know, that should have never happened. You know, I'm glad it worked out and could not have been nicer. So, you know, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to call me right. and, and apologize and, and do that. So that was my one extended interaction with him. And, um, you know, just really the nicest guy imaginable. Yeah, he is. And he is, that's the way he's portrayed on the radio. And that's, that's to me, it's like everybody, the number one question people ask me when I see them, are oh, you working 97? What's Mike really like? Yeah. What's Lenny really like? That's what I, I asked Sullivan when he was here. I said, he's pretty much the same. He, you know, he says on the air, he doesn't like people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there, there were times where like, <laughs> You know, I like invite him to the girls' bat mitzvah. He didn't go. The, he just he did, that's that's okay. The, he is who he is. There are t- it's like everybody always says, you know, he's not a Detroiter. You know, all that uh, kind of stuff. But that's who he is. And yeah, would he be more beloved if he liked the Detroit teams? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Let's do a bonus speed round on Mike Fulani. <laughs> the honest question for you. Yeah, who had the greater peak? Mike Fulani at whatever his peak was, whether you see it's now or two years ago, 
or Stoney and Wojo at their peak? Who is the bigger, <clears throat> more important show in the moment? Wow. See, there's so many different circumstances for why I would say Valenti. It's apples to oranges because of the FM yes. power behind Here's the, the, the other thing is, and it wasn't Mike's fault, if the Tigers, if 2006, if the Tigers all of a sudden don't catch lightning out of nowhere, and they were, they were still on AM, yep. that format was done. They were yes. done. They, they were bailing. They were struggling. No, no, they were, yeah. I know for a fact, they were done. And the Tigers got hot. People started listening. Mike and Terry were very good. Yep. And then they went FM. And uh, to a certain extent, I got a little lazy. We got a little stale to a certain extent. And they capitalized. And uh, so the, if you're going to go rating points, yeah, Valenti at his prime is probably better. But I think is a cult thing when we started – when we did the field of 64s early on and all that stuff, I mean, everybody was just talking about us all the time. So I think it's pretty close. You, I mean, you guys had CDs out. You guys were in the community a lot more. Well, I just, here's the other, the other thing that is, and Mike would have been great for this too, because when we were in our heyday, it wasn't as corporate. I mean, corp, corporate radio, I mean, we, when we started DFN, we were owned by Shamrock, which was like a f- subsidiary of Disney. Not Walt Disney, just another company called Disney. And then I think- The we other Disney. To, Who knew we there was? Right, Roy Disney was his name, I think. Then we went from, from Shamrock to Clear, uh, not Clear, to Chancellor, to AMFM, which was Evergreen. And then we went to Clear Channel. I mean, it was, we had like five owners at DFN. And at Clear Channel is when really things started getting bad. I mean, f- forgetting the fact that we got canned. Um, and then at the 97.1, which is a much more professional, was much more professional, well-run, you know, but they were, you know, CBS, they were more corporate. So they were, they were better, but they weren't as much fun. And I mean, that's I'm, fair. I mean, that's we, st- when we, st- well, if you know, when we started at DFN, we were basically a college radio station. Yes. We could do basically whatever the fuck we wanted. Yep. Nobody cared. I mean. Uh, and we did parody songs. We just, sh- we shit on everybody and it was great. And even though like the Red Wings during their glory days, you know, they were on JR, the players would listen to art and every, I mean, the Lions stuff would listen to the, you know, Henson and, and, and art after a while. I mean, it was incredible. So, be- but if that was on FM then, and we begged even in the early clear channel days and it was Dave Pugh, who was Dan Patrick's older brother. Or young, I think it's his older brother, who was our market manager. He went to the higher-ups and begged to put us on 106.7, and they said no. And who knows what would happen. If Big whiff on that. Oh, on yeah. That I, mean, I, mean, we, I mean, who knows? I mean, look, we all had – look, I, I believe – I'll say this, and no apologies. The haters won't like it, but since Sports Talk Radio, Mike Valeni is by far the most talented guy we've ever had. By far. I agree. Yeah, I think he, he is. is. He is. He's resonated for a reason. And even if you, if you're a Michigan fan, if you despise him, he basically, for the most part, I still think they go overboard and he, you know, trolls the trolls, so to speak, which I think sometimes I have to turn it off. But, uh, but he's the most talented. He's prepared. 
He, he knows his shit more than anybody. He gives the middle finger to his bosses on the air, which is like the Howard Stern level yeah. power where, right. you know, I'm going to go on the air and, and, you know, make fun of how cheap my bosses are. Right. <laughs> like right. there's no repercussions he's the, he's at all. The, he's, the, he's the best. Yeah. He really, he he's, really is. Yeah, best people ever. People who are watching this are going to sit there and say, oh, you're, you know, sucking ball. And then, no, no, no. He is so good. Now, back in the glory Stony and Wojo days, we would have similar takes. We weren't as loud, but I mean, people always, the old timers, anytime a guy needs to be fired, they always tweet or whatever. Monday morning, because I did the famous Monday morning, Phil Garner should be fired if they don't win. And they got swept that weekend and he was fired. So I was like famous. Whoa, boy. I knew Phil Garner was going to get fired. Uh, no, but you know, it was just a different style. And uh, it was, and Mike's great. He, he really is. I think he goes overboard, like I said, on the, on the Michigan stuff too much. And I think early on, it, it hurt him because, you know, you may disagree being a Spartan, but you can't, in this town, right or wrong, and I'll say wrong because of the success, it's, it's more of a Michigan town, especially in, in football. No matter what happens, more people care about Michigan football. They're probably second to the Lions as far as popularity of all the sports in this town. Right or wrong? I mean, if I were him, it's not that I disagree in principle, but if I were him, it's kind of check the scoreboard. I mean, check my oh. bank account, oh, check yeah. my uh, rating. No, I, no I, I, under- I understand, but I'm talking about as far as I think sometimes he goes over the top. Yeah, maybe. And that, that, that's all. And I think certain, certain, certain times, sometimes, and I do it too, but the majority of the Michigan fans are not the idiots who call up the show, his show, and are not the people who are on message boards and things like that. That's true. The most of the Michigan fans that I know, now granted I'm old, are pretty realistic. Eh, you know what? We're not that good. Harbaugh's not, I mean, and they come up with these, all you know, to me. Now, it's the oldest argument, not argument, it's the oldest statement in the book, but I realized it as soon as I moved here in 1986. It's arrogance versus in- inferiority, and it's always been that way. So we had Anthony Broom in here you know, a couple of days ago, right. a, t- a big Michigan guy. He and, does a and great job. He's wonderful. Uh, he did a good job when he did that. He was doing that Viking stuff for a while. It, he's, ex- he's just an extremely rational, calm Michigan fan. Right. And it's like, yeah, this isn't working out, and there was no you know, rah-rah, gaga, right. little brother bullshit. It's no. just like, yeah, you know, I want to see Michigan do well. It's not going so well. This year kind of sucks. It is what it is, and we'll see what they do. But, you know, that's where he's at. They have to decide whether they're, you know, and it's like the whole Harbaugh thing. Has he been disappointed? Yes. Forgetting, well, I guess you can't forget this year. Even going into this year, yeah, they haven't beat Ohio State. They have to decide, and I think, right or wrong, they've decided that, you know what? We run a clean program. The kids graduate. Most years we're going to win between eight and ten games. One or not recently, but one or two years they're going to have a spike up, and they might get and they'll get the India to compete. And like this year, they'll have a spike down. That's what they've been. They hated when Lloyd carded that though, and he had obviously right, the but, national title. But in that's his back what they that's what they've done. Well, but and the, I'm a Michigan fan, and that's, that's why people. Oh, why do you accept mediocrity? I don't accept it. It's just what it is. That's what they've been since I've been well, here. You're accepting it if your argument is make no changes. Let's keep. Well, I don't want to. No, I I do want to make change. I do. I think six years is enough. But I'm not Schlissel. I'm not the Regents. I'm not the donors who sit there and say, you know what. We're okay being Iowa. 
Well, and that's where they're at. Right. I mean, they're, exactly. You know, just hire Ferentz at this point for half the rate. But <laughs> right, I what, know. I mean, whatever. Well, it's it's, gonna, they're, if, they're they keep, if they keep them, it's going to be half the rate. So so no burger talk on Monday. You will be talking about a lot of things that are sports-related, so the, the audience will love that. I'm curious, was I so mean that you will not be coming back to this program at some point? Because you no, were— you weren't that mean. I wasn't too bad. No. I wasn't too uh, pissy with you that you'll invite me back still. No, so you, you, right. you, oh, you're welcome anytime. Frankly, I wish you were a little bit meaner. If you know anybody at that station that just despises me, <laughs> tell them we'll give them a, a nice donation of their favorite charity that I'm, they can say anything. I don't care. I mean, I, you know, we'll have it out maybe, but I, you know, we want that conflict. So the fact that we got no, you I after. Just, I, I just find it's amazing and I, I'll give you some credit. But you just used to rip my asshole like it was uh, you, you crazy. You are such a baby about this. No, you did. I, 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 but about I, what? But I didn't care. I was making fun of your burger takes. Oh, also, and also, oh, God, they're so lazy. They haven't done that. They haven't been good in five to ten years I, and all that kind you, of okay, shit. Come okay. on. You, you, you laid that you, stuff on. Yes, and I stand by that you are not as engaged as you were on the Drive Time Stoney and Wojo show. You're not. But I'm talking are, about. Are you saying you are? I'm, I'm talking about when we were even at the end of that run a little bit. You you haven't been Stony and Wojo, you know the Stony and Wojo Stony in ten years. I have. You're you're a more I friendly, my, cuddly teddy bear, which might make you a better person. But the edge, you don't have the edge that you had. You, I, ha- I have it in spurts. Yeah, I was I just exactly. I, 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 I say don't that. overreact. You had a great rant about you know the Michigan legislature wanting sour, and I I think I messaged you about that, saying, "Hey, great job with that." Because yeah, exactly. that, that's like, give me more of that. I you know you're you're know. too you're too nice. I, I you know there's not many walks of life where you're better off being an ass, but your line well, of work. Don't is, forget, a lot of times when I do. Rant, if you want to call it that, you're sleeping still, probably. Oh well, yeah, not, but not listening at six thirty-five. On I Monday. watched it on YouTube, though. That's that's, that's, that's true. The, well, sometimes the, they put that stuff up. You're still, we got to get on Roberto to do that. But you're welcome back anytime. You can call me any name you want. I think no, it's great. That's all right. Tell tell your colleagues. You know, Sully Sully left here. He was the first one in the new format. And your your boy Mike Sullivan was like, hey, that wasn't so bad. Love to come back. Yeah, and uh, well, good. Hopefully, you. Sully's, Sully's a great guy. Great guy. I don't know who you're texting now. Well, uh, we're wrapping. Hopefully, they're saying nice things, and you're not looking at your Twitter mentions because I'm sure that's riveting material. Oh, yeah, I'll do that when but, I get home. Yeah, do <laughs> that when you get home. Preferably not where you're driving. We don't want them to no, upset you. No, I know no. how thin-skinned you are, and no. it, this, this stuff is going to have you tossing and turning that people were mad no, that you were I, on the I've show. been pretty good. I haven't looked at my phone yet, but I will now. I want to find out what the hell's going on. I, I didn't bet the game today. So, yeah, uh, no problem. So, Mike, Mike Stone, 97-1, the ticket, let's joining see, us. Let's see, this, the, let's see what the score this You can is. check the score. I'm going to tell my audience uh, I'm bidding them adieu. And, uh, real 24-3, quick. the Rams leading the Patriots. What did I tell you about 90% of our audience does not listen to this live? They don't care about that okay. stuff. Are you a red wine drinker? No, I'm more of a white wine guy. Does your wife like red? No, my wife doesn't really drink. That I, I, I really was going like to give you a bottle of our smuggler well, some, but well, I'll take it. I, I you'll can, take it. I can regift it too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> drink this stuff. You don't want to. Well, if you really like the person, take that bottle with you. I take it home. I will, I will do that as our thank you. Check them out. Virgil'sVineyard.com. The Smuggler Son, fantastic wine. By the way, Smuggler Son, listen. If you're watching this, 
I can be paid. You know, call the station. I just want a ticket. I'll do live reads for you. Our rates are a lot more uh, reasonable than yours. <laughs> I'm sure. So, yeah, I, I've talked to Roberto about that. You guys asked for I, I got to, like, donate a kidney to get on your uh, station. So, anyway, it was, a, it was a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, it's, it? it's wow. you've, been, you've been on, you're now a talkative guy. 48 minutes. So, I, 48 minutes. I, I think we got to give you less Red Bull next time you come here. But mm-hmm. this has been the Spiro Avenue but show. My goal, what was my goal before I came in here? To not kill me? No. They wouldn't have to go leave to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you've been holding in for all no, I know. No, I've been good. You've been good. So that that prostate's still uh, humming along. Everything's still strong. There's so much the- more to talk about, too. And I didn't even get to that stuff. Uh, we could talk after. Oh, the, Washi- sure, the, Washi- sure. the, Washi- the Washington days? You and I are going to have a riveting conversation as soon as the cameras are off. Because okay. we got a lot to talk about okay. uh, if you have the, enough steam and enough uh, gas in the tank. Sure. So thank you to Ben Augusta, our producer, Eric Williamson. Thanks, Ben. Graphic designer. Ben, you're how many, how many How many listeners do we get? Watchers, we get five during the live thing. Five during the live thing. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. twenty. Twenty live yeah, with some comments hey, on YouTube. Hey, hey, Ben, how did we do on our uh, Andy Isaac show? Twenty thousand across all platforms. <laughs> uh, yes, I believe it's so. over fifteen. Where yeah. is Andy? Andy? Andy we we are a weeknight late show. That, I think there's one of my favorite fo- Twitter followers, by the way. You blew it by not I, mentioning I know, him. I know, I him and Chris Castellani are two of the best. Ant yeah. Wright, right up there. You named a bunch of bozos, but that's it's your segment, so <laughs> whatever. Come on, what the heck? I, the guys that make me laugh. Ant Wright doesn't make me laugh. Oh, he's hilarious. Did you see his foster lawyer video, Escher, where the guy's falling down every five seconds? You're not paying close. <laughs> That's Ant Wright's yes. hilarious. How good so. are – he was not very good at Michigan, though, was he? I'm not going to trash my good friend Ant Wright. I know. Better than I was at Michigan State at IM West. Justin Spiro, Spiro <laughs> Avenue Show. Thanks to Mike Stone. Happy to have you back anytime. Thanks for, you know, coming in despite me making fun of your burger takes over the years. What is your favorite burger in Detroit, by the way? Red Coat Tavern. So, Which uh, one? Uh, well, they're, they're interchangeable. The two uh, locations are I think the one in Royal Oak's a little better. Okay. Maybe we'll go with the Royal Oak one if it makes you happy. So we Mr. are back Jones. next week with Tara Stafford. A, uh, I call her the first lady in Michigan State. She'll be in um, in a week. And she is yeah, a. We didn't, even, we didn't even talk Spartan basketball. God, this is just. It's a seven hour show. I know. What do you want from me? <laughs> we already went almost two hours. I know. So, anyway, stay tuned with us. We'll be back very soon. That solo show coming to you very, very shortly. Probably about a week out. Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends. Merry Christmas early to our Christian yes, friends. Yes, indeed. Love you Happy all. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, you know, celebrate with Smuggler's Son. It is the best. Promo code Spiro for that 10% discount. We are out of here. Ben, cut the mic before uh, Mike Stone says anything else.